there. I'm going to press record on there. Hello, welcome to the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast. We're brought to you as always by 121 Media and MGA. We're going to crack into this immediately. He was the most conflicted man in Western Sydney last <laughs> night. He's the most conflicted man in Melbourne tonight. He's wearing his half-half Carlton GWS Guernsey, his half-half Carlton GWS scarf and a vintage Adam Kingsley badge. <laughs> it's the good doctor, Timbo Slice. Sean, how are you, my friend? The question is not how am I, the question is how are you? It was it was actually a very tough weekend. Um, it for, fucking shouldn't have been. Well, for all the right reasons, though, and 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 the end result, it was bittersweet. I mean, I'm delighted that the Blues won. Don't for one moment think that I'm not. But when it's when it's your best mate, and he's finally got this opportunity, and he's living his dream, and he's so close. And I mean, they beat West Coast for three quarters last week, and just copped an eight-goal quarter from a team that didn't even look like doing that for the last 18 months. And and then to really cop a, a hell of a pineapple yesterday, um, I really felt for the guy because he his side had done enough to win. But, you know, and, and we hadn't put him away. And we'll, we'll talk about the, the flow of the game and all that mm, sort of stuff. Yeah. But when I think Brent Daniels kicks the second of those two goals... And, and knowing how flaky we are under pressure late in games, you know, you were watching it and you think, and, and I thought we were done. I, I didn't think we'd find the goals to get back up. Um, but, you know, look, we, we, we know how it played out. And unfortunately for Adam, it's, um, it's another tough loss. It is, it is. And of course, we're joined by a man whose text messages about Collingwood are becoming more and more anxious and frightened by the day. A man who I thought was going to make a rare appearance in the white shorts. Timbo today, but it's just as well he wasn't and didn't. He's coming to us via his own dungeon. We're in Tim's dungeon. It's the big man for Baganoush. Hey, Gutsy, how are we? Um, I don't know if you're playing any music over this, Sean. I can't hear any. I didn't hear the intro, and I, I can only hear your two voices. So oh, that I, uh... sucks, because you're going to miss out on the Blues of Back podcast, the music. You're going to miss out on a clip I've got of David King. Well, you're going to have to... Uh... Somehow allow me to hear it. So no, I don't know. I don't know how you're expecting me to do that. I, I, I might text you what we're doing just in case. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, I, I don't feel 100 percent for for some unbeknown reason. But um, I'm not going to pull my punches here, Fab. I said this to Tim on the way in. You were paying as soon as the time and place was set for the dungeon at seven o'clock on a Sunday. I said you were paying a dollar five to flake <laughs> well, out. I, if you, look, look, I know, uh, I don't know, you had a bee in your bonnet yesterday because you didn't return any of my text messages. No, I had the conversation on mute because you were you were responding, you were, you were flooding the chat. And it was like, I'm trying to watch the game. I'm sitting there with Dad. We're trying to watch the game. I'm trying to take notes as we go. I, I ducked in and out here and there. But man, oh man, you were bombarding. It was like a fucking bombing raid. No. It's, it's I, the I Enola Gay. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> Timbo, 
you are an oligarch. <laughs> now, um, no, it's I, the I blitz. If, if, <laughs> if you guys, if you guys wanted to do dinner, I was up for a bit of a Ming's run tonight. So, um, but no one responded. So that's fine. I didn't get that one. Um, yeah, go back through the three. Timbo, I texted you personally and said, uh, are, you, are you ignoring Are me? you alive? <laughs> and I actually even abused you. I think I might have called you an Emily. So, a um, In fairness, a C-bomb, so. I suppose I was ignoring him. You as well, though. Well, I was just a bit busy. Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. Hey, hey. It's good for the goose and all that stuff, so... This, this just a bit busy. This dear listeners is the man who single-handedly killed the Prender chat by saying it was for Carlton and pod related business only. He, he had a strop in the off season about that. So I, no, 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 no. I, I didn't say that. I just that's said exactly I don't look what it. you said. That's exactly what you well, said. During games and stuff, I, I'm, I'm on it so we can communicate. But apart from it, I don't look at it. It's on mute. I look at it like when I get a chance to look at it. You're an animal. But anyway. Um, Predator DJ um, last week was uh, – you still got something to say? You're still rabbiting on over there? No, no. I just I just want to squash this whole Collingwood bullshit. All I'm doing is <laughs> Tim giving them, giving them the credit they deserve. Tim. You continue to uh, – hold on. I think Kelly's trying to bust in. Oh, okay. Who is it? She naked? She wouldn't be naked because we're on FaceTime, so – she, she no, usually one, she, one of them. One of them's behind the door. She usually likes up. doing. She usually likes doing a run in when you're recording in that room. Yeah, she's no. She's behind. She's singing Pokemon or something behind the door, just trying to be annoying. But um, Tim, no, no. His, go, his, messages, his, his messages about Collingwood do reek of fear. Do they not? Well, I'm just interested fear to of, know what, what? How, how he thinks they're going to pivot and cover the loss of Darcy Cameron. What 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 have you got? Uh, what what have you got? Playing for your Timbo, pies Timbo, who, for the who, next who six weeks. The, Timbo, who's the most informed team in the AFL at the moment? Collingwood. We've played three games. Okay. Uh, we've all played three games. And how are Geelong go? Yeah, not great. Well, I didn't say they were. I'm not sending you frightened text messages about Geelong. I didn't say frightened. I'm just trying to get you to admit that they're actually going quite well. You, and, and, but what do you get out of that? I, I, this is what no, I'm but You're of this about. opinion that this, this helter skelter. Game of football, and I said to you, it's it's more control than that. No, it's I a don't lot more. I don't think that it is. is. Move the ball to move the ball. They work to space, Timbo. Dear listeners, you tell they me if this space. isn't the rambling of a scared, frightened man, just frightened petrified of, what? of Collingwood. There's no no vagaries about what you're frightened of. It's you're frightened of Collingwood. Far from it. Well, then you'll Far stop sending it. us text messages anytime a Collingwood player does anything remotely Kick AFL two standard. Two goals in a row and you pipe up. Yeah, but you, when will you admit that they're playing good football? We just did. We just did. <laughs> Both of us. No, please. <laughs> we just said they're, they're playing. It's, it's April the 2nd and they've won three games and they've played absolutely fucking nobody in retrospect. And they've just traded their ruckman away. And, you're going and the good guy on. that they've hitched their wagon to is going to be out for six to ten, which when it's a bloke that's over 200 centimetres tall and has got something wrong below his hip, I reckon you can sometimes even double it. So I, I like, and, and everyone's going bunter about, oh, what an amazing athlete Ash Johnson is. Well, I remember Trent Noble putting his knee in Jared Brennan's chest at a centre bounce once when they dared stick the number three draft pick in the ruck 
up in Brisbane, and I don't know that Ash Johnson will last that long trying to play that role. Second ruckman taking, you know, ruck knocks inside 50 and all that sort of stuff, they can probably make it work, but all of a sudden Dan McStay is their number one ruckman, and I, I think their whole structure is fucked. So. How, how long's Mason Cox not out for? Oh, well, no, he had a rib, a rib con, contusion, as they were saying, and they were worried that he might have had a, um, a, a clot. So who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, he's suddenly the man. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but, uh, look, I'm just uh, – there's no fear. I just want to squash that. I don't, I don't want to talk about them any more than we have to. I heard there was a whistle. There was a <laughs> – There's a lot of whistles, mate. You've had four. <laughs> Sorry for those people. I'll put that in the show notes. Inexplicable conversation about Collingwood. <laughs> Tim just breaks down what their challenges will be over the next six to eight weeks. Um, Prenda DJ, last week was True Faith by New Order. Leonard Puglia and uh, Matt Lenjet and Adrian Salerno. They all had a crack. Keep the faith. Um, game plan related in terms of players getting better at executing. Um, Leonard had two thoughts. Never thought I'd see the day we won a close one or when we were finally drawn to play the Cats at the G. That's a bit more left of centre off the beaten track, but it was it was basically just they actually finally got the job done in a tight one and in yeah, a, in a finally held on. Well, um, it, been our last, it was our last win since uh, we played GWS at uh, Marvel Stadium. It so, absolutely was. Yeah. That is 100%. Oh, here we go. Oh, I forgot about this. Fabian's just sitting there like an idiot. For some reason, Fabian can't hear the um, can't hear the stings. Your uh, your little piece of uh, equipment, the million dollar equipment there, it's, it's not set up for this remote. I'd say it'll probably recording. have more to do with the fact that it is handling your phone call, which is important, and the fact that you don't have capability of receiving more than one channel. I think would be the issue. You're just receiving the primary channel rather than the ancillary channels. Righto. What's happening in there? You're blinking in the background there. That's a bit disconcerting. Uh, so I've mixed it up this weekend because when we've done Tim with the millionaire and done Fab with the millionaire, you've both been cowards and you've both just immediately taken the 50-50. Hold on, hold on. I was successful. Yeah, but you took a 50-50. That was always going to happen. Exactly. So I've taken the 50-50 <laughs> off the table, Tim. Oh, no. You've only got your phone a friend and unfortunately your friend is Fab. Yep. Okay. And I'm on the phone. So, he's, he's a very smart man. Okay, the millionaire sting has, has begun, Fab. We're in question mode. You ready, Timbo? Okay. Yes. Which model of car has the longest continuous production run of all time? Yep. Is it A, the Toyota Land Cruiser, B, the Chevrolet Corvette, C, the Ford F-Series, or D, the Chevrolet Suburban? No fitty-fitty for you. You've used them all up. Only fab on the phone of Fran. Well, I do have a mate who's a mechanical engineer by trade yep. or, or by uh, education. Um, okay, my thinking, and, and we'll throw to you very soon, Fabian, <laughs> and you can... You'll uh, be activated before you, too you long. You will be activated. By my understanding and reckon, reckoning, I reckon the Suburban is a far more recent... Um, addition to uh, the run of cars that... Uh, GM, I suppose. Uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're generating. So, and, and are they releasing a car every single year or it's just maintained it's just in production over a period of time? Yeah, it's just a in-production um, nameplate. Yeah, okay. The Ford F-Series, obviously, you know, you've got the Ford 
100, F100, F150. It even goes up to what, like a 350 The 350 like. is basically a yacht. It's, it's, it's yeah. a monstrous vehicle. It's Jordan Belfort's yacht. And, and and I remember my uncle was driving one of them the probably in the 80s. So that's still going. Yep. Obviously, the Corvette is uh, is an absolute... Uh, classic. Classic. Yep. And has probably been around for a while. My per Personally, I thought the Land Cruiser is the one that's probably been in production longest and most continuous. That that was the one that This is exactly jumped, what we wanted from the segment, jumped by the way. to me in Tim, the first instance. Tim doesn't know what the answer is. He's the most confident man alive, based on that last minute. <laughs> so, Fab, what, what do you... You're activating your phone a friend. Yeah, I'm activating my phone a friend. So, Fab, are you... are you Like, I'm, I'm a little bit scared of the Corvette, but I'm happy to look beyond it. I'm kind of thinking we're going Land Cruiser and F-Series. And I, my initial thinking is I, Land I, Cruiser, I, but talk to me, Goose. I would eliminate the Corvette. Um, the only thing... I agree with the, the thinking, the Land Cruiser. However, I, this I do know from the old uni days, studying mechanical and automotive engineering, the Ford F-Series was a response to the very successful Suburban Fuck off. So, Jesus. So if, if that's your thinking, but... Um, well, we might put it I'd back on the list. Between, I, I reckon it's between the Suburban and the Land Cruiser. I'm just trying to think. I just think Americans have been in production longer than the Japanese, but... Uh, yeah, it's between them two for me, but this is your game, mate. So. That is very true. I'm backing the big dog in. We're going the Suburban. You gotta, lock it you, in, You're Sean. locking in the Suburban, Lock it you? in. He's locked in the Suburban. He knows nothing about this because he just dismissed it out of hand. Yes. He's decided to lock in D, the Suburban, <laughs> having had a chat with a big Fabaga Nausch. Was thinking about the Land Cruiser, recognised the Corvette. It's be the Corvette. It was now. the F series. He was weighing it up. <laughs> it's absolutely for certain. He had no fucking idea whatsoever what he was going for, but he convinced us all. He's locked in D, the Chevrolet Suburban, and what's going on? Why isn't this working? Hold on. Why isn't that working? He's correct. Yes, Fabian. <laughs> I'm actually quite disappointed because my attempts to get around this fucking nonsense of you just 50-50ing has actually worked completely in your favour. It has. And it was funny because, again, what I know the Suburban to be in Australia, Fab, that was a magnificent piece of uh, of trivia that you pulled out of your mechanical I'm, and automotive engineering. I'm absolutely devastated. That, I remember that. I also remember we did the uh, – I don't know if you did this, Timbo, when you did ethics, the O-ring Business the, uh, ethics. The, the, the shuttle. Challenger. Yeah, the shuttle. The, the Challenger sh shuttle. <laughs> I will never forget that. Yeah, um, no, no, absolutely. So some notes on the Chevrolet Suburban. What a team. What a team for Baganash. It was conceived by Chevrolet as a wagon in 1934 before eventually evolving into an SUV. It was a reliable option and remains one for families. The average American tribe drives their Suburban a tick under 15,000 miles a year, making it the most used, most travelled vehicle wow. on American roads. Wow. In 2019, fun fact, it was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Is that a fact? Why, you're asking? Really? Because it's appeared in over 1,700 films and television shows. That's magnificent. Uh, people these days would know it as the car that Nick Fury was in in Captain America The Winter Soldier when yep. he was attacked. Yep. Fabaganoush would recognise it as the car that Tony Soprano drove for five years on The Sopranos and it's used in the opening credits. That's the car Tony's driving to Jersey. 
And of course, it was um, Arnold's car, car of choice in the Holiday Classic Jingle All the Way. Wowee. So it's also uh, the name of a C grade movie starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. Suburban. Suburbans. Or the Suburbans. It's a uh, absolutely horrendous movie, but she looks phenomenal. Phenomenal. She get the girls Arguably out. Arguably the best she's ever looked. She get the girls out. No, she never got the girls out. They prominently no. displayed. They were always. Oh, they're prominent. prominently displayed, but they're not out. Hmm. Out enough though. Add enough to make it a very good watch. <laughs> Fab sitting there, opening day, first session. Yes, this film is terrible. <laughs> Front row. <laughs> hey, hey, Sean, there was no first session, mate. This is straight to VHS. Oh, no. Yeah, this, oh, is, this is, is C-grade. Right. Uh, Will Ferrell's in it, though. That would but, be um, a very early in Will Ferrell's oeuvre. Yeah. What, and what the, era are you talking here? Late 90s? Bobby De, Bobby De Niro's yeah, late 90s. Bobby De Niro's... Girlfriend from Heat is in it as well. I can't remember her name. Oh yeah, mm. he was the one that she was the one that he left. You know, if you, if you see the Heat, you just got thirty it. seconds. Abandoned her. Yep. Um, Great movie. I think I saw recently there was talk of like a a sequel or something, which was. <laughs> I mean, they're how? all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, what's his face? Isn't Pacino's not dead? Pacino's not no. Um, but everyone else is. I mean, Sizemore literally dead. Mm. He died the other week. Rest, rest in peace, Tom. Did he? He did, yes. Good actor. Yes, very good. Very underrated. Yeah. But also uh, commensurately troubled off screen. Correct. He was, I, uh, I he, heard that too. He played himself in a, in a cameo in rehab in uh, Entourage. Remember, he was upset that. Um, Tom Sizemore. Remember, he was upset that uh, someone, uh, Ari went to the clinic or something. And he was upset that he was on his phone in the. Um, in the grounds of the Shady Acres, whatever it is, resort or rehabilitation. Oh, Shady. Um, Are we ready to go into the match then? I'm fucking spewing you guys got that right. (laughs) Well, well, if I was on my own, well, if I was on my own. I've only got myself to blame. Well, if you'd gone 50-50, there was no way I was choosing it. So I know. without Fab, I'm not getting that right. I I know, and that's my fault because you wouldn't have gone to Fab if you had the fitty-fitty and the phone a friend. You're right. Although... My mate being a student of mechanical and automotive engineering. There's absolutely no chance you would have, you would have tossed Fab in the bin I don't know for that the fitty-fitty. I don't know that I would have. We've done it every other week. Well, that's true too. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into the... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you've never gone to me unless you, this is the only time you've been forced to use me. <laughs> you had to well, use Well, it was you. the obvious time to use you, so... No, it was the only time because it was your only option. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll start talking about the match now. Um so I suppose in the aftermath of last night and then this morning as well, we saw lots of talk, lots of takes, lots of chat about take the points, bank the points, the points are all that matter. And you go, yeah, like on the surface of things, yeah, that is true. But you know, winning beats losing. No one needs to tell us that. And playing poorly and winning certainly beats playing well and losing. But as good as winning those four points were for us last night and as important as they are to bank, to take, to whatever – they're all we get out of that match. I, I, there's no positive, really. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Like, it's a like, burn the tape situation. Like we'll talk a little bit about some individual stuff. Crips will come up as the, as the record goes. Doherty will come up as the record goes along. Nick Newman, etc. Individual performances. But we were terrible. And the same old questions remain. Yep. Mentality, metal, forward 50 structure, fringe player contributions. And we, as a fan base... 
at a footy club, we need to stop excusing being so poor because we'll never be what we want to be. We'll never get to where we want to get to until we do. So we'll chat to Tim in a moment about his impressions of the performance at the ground uh, and what he saw being at the venue, which is always an advantage. But Fab, we've spoken in the past. As much as we love the footy club, this group just doesn't have it, does it? And just sorry, just stop you. It is the last couple percent, intangibles, grit, mindset, whatever Mm. it takes, mentality. This group just doesn't have it. This group hasn't answered the question yet. So I, I agree in that sense. So they haven't shown us yet. Yesterday's performance, though, I'm not going to put down to all of that. I just think it was just absolutely horrible on every level. I, th- I think it was less mental and I think it was all – it was just – application and attitude from the get-go and we just never got started it was our skill level i don't know what it was like out there timbo but it looked like we're playing on a cow paddock and it was drenched i don't understand why the ground was so bad they kept saying the royal show is coming the royal show is coming and you're like yes it's coming it hasn't started yet but they played the two before it two's played before it was it rained heavily (laughs) it was funny i went for a coffee with adam in the morning and it was blue sky it was the most magnificent morning. And I'm reading the forecast saying they were expecting between zero and one mil of rain later on. You thought, okay, but I thought, I don't know where this rain's coming from. And not an hour and a half later, it was hosing. And then it well, How heavy was it during the match? No, drizzled the whole yeah, time. Yeah, drizzled. We, we never had – we had heavy rain in the morning. You got to the ground and you thought, it's soggy. Mm. And then and, – and very early in the first quarter of the twos, there were a couple of free kicks paid for guys that were sliding in. Um, and, and it was it was really really wet. There was a lot of surf. There was not surface water, but it was it was slippery. Water. Yeah, mm. and then um, but then the clouds the clouds remained, but they lifted. It cleared up. It had stopped raining. We got drizzle at a few occasions during the game, but the worst thing was the ground chopped up. And and Adam's son had a kick of the, the, the footy on the ground afterwards, and he said he said there were like. Um, like divots or whatever, big divots and holes. He said. He said it was the ground was really poor, and because of the Easter show, they don't play a home game there for like another seven weeks. So they'll play home games in Canberra, Canberra. Um, so they don't have to play out there anymore. So it, it wasn't terrific. So oh, just excellent, uh, so, so ex- that, excellent ground excuse? and uh, weather report from uh, a mixture of Jane Bunn and Tony Gregg. <laughs> Timbo the... just then. But he, so would that Tony Greg contributed to dead, the dead. level? <laughs> Tony Greg is dead. Um, do it. You should get the bastard barred from this part of the broadcast area. I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, I don't hold a grudge. To me, a grudge is just a place to park your car. <laughs> well, the great lines. <laughs> so, <laughs> get back on the game. It, our skills were horrendous. It was. It was honestly. It wasn't even B grade. It was worse than that. It was absolutely horrendous. What so what, many what I found kicks fab, coming off the? What what I found, and, and you're right. Hmm. What I found was, just as the game started, we still tried to have our deliberate, methodical build-ups that we've been having yep. in previous weeks, and then obviously this orange tsunami move the ball fast and trying to absolutely rocket it down the ground, 
they've moved it twice or three times very, very early. And, and like, it had me sitting bolt upright. It was like, my God, how, how quick can these guys move okay, it? Okay, it was quick, but was we? I don't think we necessarily were wanting to give run defense, like, our defensive running, especially our midfield defensive running, was horrible. Look, it was horrible, but but it was what, so open. But I think they surprised us because it's not a big ground. Like it, that was looking at it, the ground's almost like a diamond. Like it's quite wide, but it's got no pockets at either end. It's um, it it it's it, it genuinely feels like it's a rounded diamond. So so you can get a little bit of width, but you're always still trying to channel through the corridor at every opportunity. I've got a couple of notes for you there. So. Just tidying off what we were talking about just before, Fab, with it, not having it. That's not a statement based just on last night. It's based on years. It's based on not closing out Richmond, not closing out Collingwood last year, not closing out Melbourne last year, not showing up in Brisbane or Adelaide or the Gold Coast, not putting yesterday to bed in the third quarter. We just, we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it last week. We couldn't do it last year. Yep. This isn't just a yesterday discussion. This is a discussion based on long-term data. Secondly, does no one... Does no one do a ground walk? Does no one go out there and go, geez, ground's real heavy. Mm. Shape of it's not great. We don't get stuck out on those wings. Heavy day, rain. Mm. Might need to think about a change of tack here. Maybe that's why GWS, despite being a predominantly outside team, taking near the boundary, all of a sudden surprised us and went corridor and it took us 40 minutes to adapt to it. Well, and, and, like, and, you just go, and is that baffling? Times, well... You had to know that's what – I mean, I, maybe I'm privy to more information than others, but that was always the way that GWS was going to play. No, well, that, so they said during that, the that, – That's their game style. No, during the broadcast, they did say that statistically they used the corridor fleetingly this year. Yeah, okay. So conditions, obviously, they probably thought, look, let's just route one, line to goal, let's just go as the crow flies as straight as we possibly can because of the conditions. Well, I, I think – and, and I think your stats are probably right, but the no, biggest not my criti- stats are the AFL stats. No, no, I understand this, but I think Adams, <laughs> a- Adams' um, beef with their performance against West Coast the previous week is that they weren't playing the way that he was wanting to do. So your stats will probably—they're not my stats, Tim. The, the AFL stats <laughs> the AFL will broadcast. have backed up <laughs> a a series of performances that wasn't the way that Adam wanted GWS to play. So here's the thing. So it I, looked I to think me, what you saw is a correction towards what they want to do and do, want to do a whole well, lot more fact, of. Obviously, we can only speak from watching the broadcast, but yeah, it, look, it looked to mm. me like we were unprepared for how they were moving the ball. Well, yep. I, I, I think we were shocked by... How they were moving the ball, because we well, didn't expect them to go down the no, corridor. I did think they thought they were going to do it. I just didn't think they would do it as effectively as what they did and as quickly as they did when they did it. So the point we're making but, here is... That's a in terms of prep. That's fine. I got no problem with the doing your recon on the team and thinking, saying this is how we think they're going to play. Yep. But when they're not playing that way, it shouldn't take forty minutes for you to change to what you're doing. And, and, and after half time, that, they redressed it. But further Absolutely. to that, is no one in the rooms going? Just had a walk out. We just had a warm up. Just had a walk out on the ground. Yeah, like we said, heavy, heavy underfoot. Jeez, boys, I think it's it's a territory game today. Let's just let's just have this in our quiver. Let's just be mindful of this. No, mm. we won't do any of that. Like, it's just, it's so sophomoric and so, it's just unacceptable. It's local footy stuff. Like, it's just, we keep saying this. Um, so being- I think I think from a sh- structure point of view, it took us way too long to adjust to what was happening, both from the conditions from 
the opposition's perspective, it was it was so frustrating. And then we were, were a much better side than they are. That's just the facts. And when we did get on top eventually and tightened everything up and choked them out, their defence, apart from, what was his name? Was that Bailey guy? He was, was that? Buckley. The bloke on... Um, Buckley on Buckley. He, he, he actually did He's quite a jet. well. He's a jet. Apart from that, we had their measure. We was just so wasteful. Yeah. Wasteful. 20, 20 behinds <laughs> is unacceptable. Unacceptable. I agree. And, and look, but, but the correction just... You know, putting as many like we push so many players back behind the ball. Um, there is nothing forward, and 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 there is like we shorten the ground so much for ourselves. It actually plays into the GWS's hands because it once it Richmond. goes in there, we can't get out of there. We did it against Richmond you, as well. Yeah, you know, there, there's nowhere to attack. We're too. And there's no space to we're, attack. We're, we're too happy to forfeit our weapons or our strength. Yep. And it's to Look, the detriment of the team. It's an overcorrection. That that said, however. We have to also give kudos to where it's due. When we want to shut something down, it looks like we can. But we also we've do been it at the expense of everything else. That's it. And, yes. and, 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 and you're that's right. That's an overcorrection. Yeah. It's an overcorrection. That's exactly However, what it is. Under Teague, we couldn't turn the tap off at all. We didn't even know where the tap was. That, that, that's the thing. That's what we can now do. But now there needs to be a recorrection and a softening of our want to be able to block it up and defend to try and open the game up and play to our strengths. So ultimately, look, just in that overarching, overall introductory conversation, I suppose, my frustration is I'm sort of tired of the she'll be right and will be better next time attitudes that sort of pervade. We, we don't know that. No, we that sort of pervade the it. footy club. you got to see it. And I just don't think we should be satisfied with lurching week to week like we are at this stage. You think about it. So we won yesterday – because of Paddy Cripps' heroics, Doc's determination, and an incredibly dubious umpiring decision. Absolutely. That's why we won the game. So, Nick, do- Nick Newman shutting down but one of the yeah, most enigmatic we'll forwards in the competition was pretty good too. So it doesn't look to me, watching us through preseason and watching us through three rounds, it doesn't look like we've gotten better since last year. We couldn't beat a Richmond team that was weakened from when we last played them. Yep. Couldn't get over the line. We just held on against a weakened Geelong team, and that win is a good win, but drifting after they lose to the Gold Coast today. Definitely. So you go, that that has gone from a, fuck, that's a really good win, to a, no, we should be beating them because they're they're in a bit of a, a lean patch if hit the skids. And then we just fall in against a team we played last year twice and beat them by five goals and six goals, and they have lesser personnel. No, it's, so look, these, it's a good observation. However, however, there is that whole... Building into a season like we're sitting undefeated after three games, and we've not played anywhere near good football. And, but here's right? the worry: we've, we've had patches, we've had patches, and from a team defense point of view, and I know you're saying you know we, we do it at the detriment of everything else. I could see a, a severe improvement. Well, it's going to need to come back because we've kicked eight goals, nine goals, and thirteen goals. So. So as we goals sit, is okay. As we sit, we're not we're not, not flying, but we're not flying by any stretch. However, we're undefeated after three with plenty to work on. I, and, and there are some teams that had genuine ambition to be at the pointy end of the season who have not started well. Don't look like 
we should be better than we are, but a few of those sides are looking ordinary, like really ordinary. I hope, I really, really hope, I really hope that this is that playing ugly and winning, it's great, yep. and it's a portent yep. of when we improve, when things click, will click into gear, and you go, that'll be fantastic. But it could also be the complete opposite. We could be seeing exactly what our failings are, our fallibilities are, exactly how and why we're going to be gettable when a team gets us. I, I think your view absolutely has its place, Sean. I, I, I think I think you, you are seeing it right now for what it is, and I think it is potentially the shot across the bow for a lot of supporters to be able to say... Look, I just don't think we, we should we, be surprised. No, no. Well, if things don't go the way we want them to. Yeah, the but Sean's not, Sean's not wrong. No, no, this is what I'm saying. He's not we wrong. We prove him wrong. And we as a club yeah. prove him wrong. We well, have we, to show. We want we to be better. We haven't shown that we've gotten better. I will gladly, you know? happily be proven wrong. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I, we, I, we obviously I, haven't deployed Sam Walsh yet this year. Fuck, and, we and, missed him yesterday. And, and, and he will make a, a, a monstrous difference. Oh, I had the note here for later. We've missed Walsh. We miss Walsh every time he doesn't play. I put it on Twitter effectively verbatim. Absolutely could have done with him against Richmond. Absolutely could have done with him against Geelong. Yesterday was the first time you went, oh, no. And we missed Kennedy yesterday, No, too. we just went, oh, wow. Like, his positivity, his run, his yep. dare. You yep. just went, whoa, we need him today. Yeah. And, and look, you know, we'll probably touch on this a little bit more too, but finally got to watch Dave Cunningham run around and it's... Did it's he just fade in terms of aerobically a little bit? Because he started possibly, well. Yeah, yeah he then... started well and, look, he moves well. He's got great speed. He's got beautiful balance. He executes well. He makes good decisions. And just to see him running around and, and getting into it. And and best thing was there was a point where there was a tackle, like a, 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 a it was an arm tackle and mm. he had to stick his arm out to be able to tackle... And I'm pretty sure it's his left shoulder that's taped and he stuck his right arm out and he sort of didn't get him and I don't think he was going to. But about 30 seconds later, there was another opportunity to tackle a guy and he, he monstered him and wrapped both arms around think- him. And I just sort of thought to see you doing that mm. and to hear Mark Murphy talking about when his shoulders were really, really bad and he couldn't hold tackles and all that sort of stuff, to see uh, Cunners do that delighted me. But to see the class that he has, you thought... I'll be very happy when we know that he's right to go and can be deployed in the seniors because he really adds something that we don't have at the moment. I'm being a massive Debbie Downer, but like he's, I was watching it particularly early, had a couple of really classy involvements and he went fantastic. And I've got no issue with him fading out of the contest the longer it went. Hasn't played a game of footy since May 21. So that's, that's going to happen. He's going to, he would have been blown up yeah. at quarter time. No doubt. Um, he'll be better for the run and that he got through it's great. But he, his shoulders are ticking time bomb. Well, it probably is. It's just when it happens, how much can he put, how many runs can he put on the board? What does it mean for him contractually at the end? So we'll get back to him later, but uh, we don't want to sort of label that, I suppose. Oh, it's a blues are back, 90s banger. What's happened? I've missed, oh, here we go. Can you hear that, uh, Father Ganoush? He can't hear it. What are you doing, Tim? You don't even look like you know it. I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. You don't it's know words. this. I do know this. You song. do know this. Fabian can't hear it. It's sabotaged by the Beastie Boys, Father Ganoush. Beastie Boys, that's who it is. Beastie Boys. I, I have a Beastie Boys, the best of Beastie Boys. This would be on it. It would be on it. This is probably their best track. Maybe fight for your right. That's a classic. What a classic. 
Well, Intergalactic went to number one. I do like Intergalactic too. Oh, what a classic track. Does that qualify as a 90s banger, Fabaganoush? Not in my... Oh, you my are mind. fucking kidding me. No. You're, you're saying Sabotage doesn't classify as a 90s banger. Computer says no. Wow. Well, the Beastie Boys are... They, they, it's they, 94. Look, yeah, per, yeah. I'm, I'm personally not a big Beastie Boys Neither fan, am I, but, but that is an absolute 90s banger. I, 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 can, I can appreciate it. Why do we play it, Tim? Because the Blues are back, baby. Yes, excellent. I like it. I say this a lot. Like, Fab, Fab really, he spends a lot of time with Pete, and, and the both of them do, but Fab in particular really fancies himself like a connoisseur, like a, he really fancies himself. Like, he'd, he'd love to have done, like, an evening programming rage just to show how varied his taste no, is no, and really, no. you know, blow no, smoke I, I up have, his own arsehole. I have, very, I, I have varied taste. But he's I'm a complete like I, fraud. Don't even challenge Sean, that. <laughs> you were revealed as a complete fraud when you thought the killers were better than the chili peppers. No, I said I said it's my opinion. I prefer them to the chili peppers. You thought others would agree with you and you no, were proven very no, wrong. No, I said it wholly that it depends on the demographic you're asking. I think asking are people they a, are they a Christian rock group? The killers? No, I said the Beastie Boys. They're Jewish. Um, no, not uh, technically, but um, <laughs> Brandon Flowers is a Mormon. And okay. you, you're just responding to that clip of um, the, the two comics here. They were talking no, no, about I'm just asking. the other week. No, they're not. Just but Brandon Flowers is, I don't know about the others, Dave and Ronnie Venucci and uh, Mark. I don't know if they're Mormons, but. I don't, I don't think with the surname Venucci he's going to be. Uh, a... But uh, what's his name? Old mate Brandon, definitely a Mormon. So maybe, you know, he's obviously. And he's, How many wives? I think he's only got All one. of them. But uh, no, they obviously <laughs> speak about things. You know, they do sing a little bit about those sort of themes here and there, but they're not the only band to do that. Um, we're going to track on. I, I'm just trying to get my head around Fab not thinking the Beastie Boys sabotage is a 90s banger. Can, un- I, can I just interject? Um, Shady Acres has been offered a week after uh, old mate's um, that is the most disgusting Twitter thing. vendetta to try and get a Carlton player suspended. That's as just unbelievable. John, what, what's his name? John Ralph. 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 <laughs> how? how that's what, just, happened with, what, what happened? With, what happened? What? Why did Shady get there? Was some week? random uh, coming together of bodies with Brent Daniels late in the game. He and arrives Daniels... at a contest. It's a loose ball, and Acres sort of arrives at and the he contest. Clips, he clips him and clips him, but he's he's coming to contest the loose football, and he kind of just clips him high, not deliberately, not through like a swinging arm, just or anything, going for the ball. But he kind of braces a little bit because they make contact. It's that's an embarrassment. Oh, it, it, it'll get thrown out. It's an absolute embarrassment. Tell me that North Melbourne. Tell me that. Uh, well, Jay Hyatt, uh, friend of the pod, Jay Hyatt has uh, alerted me to the fact that um, this has happened uh, while we're recording. So uh, obviously there there is an MRO. Shy Newcomb. Well, that's what you were saying. Was chicken it? So, wing? Well, that's what we. What think about has uh, Griffin Logue on? Um... Well, I think he'll get a week. I said to Tim, we were talking about the Acres thing and who knows what happens in the next day or two, but said on this of all days, Grand Prix Day in Melbourne, there is such a thing as a racing incident Yeah, where you just go, a couple of bodies have come together. It's not intentional. Uh, Brent Daniels is fine. Like, it's just play on, boys. Come on. Yeah, so Griffin Logue has got a week. Um, Blake Acres and Luke Pedler have also both copped suspensions. John Newcomb got a $1,500 fine. Which 
is probably the right outcome. But yeah, absolutely. I, I think if you're going to give anything to Acres, he's getting the fine as well. But he and and the thing is, it's not it's for rough conduct, and it's been graded as careless, medium impact, and high contact. How I don't it think it's medium, medium impact. Nah, they'll argue well, that, that, that. That's what you challenge. There's, they'll argue there's that no doubt about that. He'll get a fine. He'll play next week. Well, if his shoulders all right. If he, and I was going to say, if, if his shoulders if, okay, if, if his shoulder needed a week, then <laughs> you just take it. You probably almost take it. So, um, so we'll crack on now, I suppose. We want to talk a bit about mentality and the like, and I've got the note here. We are what we are, part two. It's like <laughs> hot shots, part deux. Part de deux, yeah. Um, because we spoke about this after round one, I believe. Top, so, top of Harley. Top of Harley, exactly right. I loved you in Wall Street. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I had this heading after the Richmond game, and it's as salient today as it was two weeks ago. We just are what we are. And there isn't a team in the competition that would fear – Carlton, good teams have that. They have that fear factor about them. What might they do to us if they get a hold of you and how ugly might it get if they get a hold of us? At the moment, if we get a hold of you, you're unlucky. Yeah. You're the odd team out. It's and, like, and, and, right, and, if, and if we get a hold of you, are we able to capitalise? Yeah. And 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 practically, and, and unfortunately for GWS, when the game ended up where it was at and we'd gotten – the, the free goal, the game was who, whoever kicks the next wins the game. That that was pretty much – in a low-scoring game, that had pretty much where it had gotten to. Um, and and Charlie had a moment where, being the quality of footballer he was, he was able to manufacture the one-on-one. We are recording, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> um Sean's just fiddling a little bit with uh, a couple of bits and bobs and it scared me that we might not have been recording. Um, but it looks like he's, he's, he's staring into my soul. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. But no, so Charlie's obviously manufactured the one-on-one. He's um, He's been able to get, you know, um, position on Jack Buckley who had played a terrific game on him. And, um, and, and you know that Charlie's always got that goal in him because, you know, he hits him so hard and he can get him going around the corner and all that sort of stuff. So... It was it was that moment of brilliance to separate ourselves from the other team, but you can't be relying on that week in week out. We need to be better than that for longer. We had three set shots in the third quarter. Did Timbo, you hear that? that we just if we put them away. Shut up. Did you hear the whistle there? Mm. I wonder why that's not working. That's no, really, it's really weird. It's, didn't we didn't used to have this problem? Do continue. I've recorded it straight onto the hard drive or the mixer, yeah, so good. it doesn't matter that I've um, spotted this. That's just weird. Don't know why it's done that. The Set shot for goal in the third quarter, Timbo. If we nail them, oh, the Harry McCoy no shot back. has to be a goal. Uh, who, who did have a couple Charlie. of those other? Charlie, Charlie had, had the one where he, he swung around. He often, he usually does kick them. And no, he had a set shot from 35, 40 out. Not a, one, not yeah, a, actually, he, that was on the other side, wasn't it? He took him. Took a Markle got a free in front of us, and he wheeled around from out because I, I was sitting next to Nadine, and I said. He'll play on, swing around, and kick a goal from here, and he did everything but, you know, finishing the goal. But um, so I mean, look, no, absolutely. But just based on what we were just talking about, has anyone, have either of you guys seen um, the trailer for uh, Oppenheimer? No, looks amazing. Have you seen it uh, for Baganoush? No. no. Is he part of the atomic bomb Manhattan? He was not just project. part of the Manhattan he, he project. He was the man. Robert J. Oppenheimer was the uh, destroyer of worlds. Mm. Uh, the creator, the builder of the atomic program. So it looks unbelievable. Killian Murphy plays Oppenheimer and ridiculous cast and looks fantastic and the trailer looks unbelievable. 
And there's this brilliant line in it where he's talking about building this particular weapon and he speaks the phrase, they won't fear it until they understand it. Yeah. And I think it said something like they won't understand it until they see it. And this speaking of this idea of... And once they see it, they will no longer be around. Well, this is it. So this idea of we drop this thing, you won't actually understand what we're doing until you see it. Yeah. And you won't fear the implications of what we're building and what we're going to do until you actually see it for yourself and what it does. And it's like, that's the thing. Our rivals, ourselves, no one fears us because we actually haven't done it. No, that's right. No one fears what we might do or could do or are capable of doing because we actually haven't done it. And, and we got very excited last year when we beat Frio at Marvel because it was a bit of a complete game and we really attacked and we put the score on the board and it was it was probably the best game that we played. Probably the best game we played were in last year. good form. Yeah, and they were. They were. And it was it was our first real genuine scalp um, that we'd taken all year and, and, and it actually got, it got me really excited last year and... Obviously, we finished off you – know, our footy against Melbourne and Collingwood to finish the year was was good without the result. And they were against teams that had gone deep into finals but were still unsuccessful. But, yeah, we need to start putting a few more performances like that together. I, I'm not at panic stations yet. I was, I was very, very irritated at the performance yesterday. However, I think at round 10, I think we'll be sitting – if we're sitting any better than six and four, I think we're, we're going to come home very strong. So we're going to drop. What we're going? To, what are we going to do? We're going to go. We're going to go three and. Oh, I'm saying that 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 was my expectation going in into the year. Just you know, just just get to get to the break or get to. We you know, mate, no, wait, we we need to go out hard. We need to go out hard, and we need to lock. We went something. out hard last year. Sean, we need to lock something as well as. Quickly as we possibly can, because we don't have the metal. That'd be ideal. We don't have the metal to hold on, mate. We've played not great football. We've played some patches this uh, this year. We've played no one yet. Patches, though, Hulahan. That's fine, but we're undefeated. That's fine. I'm just saying that's why we need to win. We need to make hay, and it's unintended. You won't be able to hear this clip, which makes it pointless. Tim will be able to hear it and comment on it. But the point I want to make is this is how we're appreciated in the football world, Timbo. This is uh, old mate Kingy, old mate on uh, last uh, Monday, old mate Kingy. On Waitley, just talking absolute shit. Jared Waitley suggested, look, if the Blues can win this week, they've got five winnable games, they they should go five in a row and really set themselves up. And this is David King's instinctive reaction to the notion of Carlton winning five games in a row. Rock the boat emotionally, so I'm just giving him a mulligan for last week. Three, Carlton. Carlton? Yeah, I I really liked what they did on Thursday night. I think they're about to go on a spree. Oh, hang on. I reckon they're going to win their next five. <laughs> so they've got six out of eight points. Oh, this is crazy. I reckon they're claiming the next 20 you know, points. Do, do you know the last time they won five in a row? <laughs> do you know Sellers was? was probably playing. 2,000. Right. For tyre power, tipping winners on tyre safety all season. You can have your say. 0433 98 11 16. 40 wings, temper text, temper match just like no other. <laughs> they've got six out of eight points. I reckon they're getting the next 20. <laughs> <laughs> we need a bit of wisdom and experience, I think, just to oh, settle no. us. You need help. Robert Craddock <laughs> is coming up next. The Shield final, Western Don't Australia, are the ruling force in Australian <laughs> cricket. We'll do that next. People would say, what's to gain by playing the group that? I would play the group that. And I would say he's a prominent 
pundit in the football landscape and his instinctive flinch reaction to the suggestion you might win five games in a row is to laugh hysterically. Yep. And then to say, uh, you're crazy, never bet on bad horses. That was his flinch instinctive reaction of a team that's about to play the Giants, North, Adelaide, uh, West Coast, I think, is in that five. Yep. They are. Hysterical laughter. How many teams win five in a row, though? Good teams do. Well, I mean, Geelong won their last 17 on their and way to this a premiership. Thing, it's not complete, it's difficult to win games of AFL football. It's not completely fanciful to win five in a row. No, it's not. It's and, not. And, and, and the draw is set up in such a way that, um, you know, if, if we are a professional enough outfit and, and we come with the right mindset in every single game that we play, there really shouldn't be any reason why we don't put ourselves in, into position to, every to do week. that. I think I think our biggest. I mean, obviously, you still have to take it a week at a time, and I'm not saying that because it's a bullshit line. Um, our biggest test is going to be fronting up at Gather Round and playing Adelaide yep. in Adelaide in a performance where we did not turn up whatsoever, and we have to show more. And it's going to be a big celebration. I think we're the first game in the of the round, as as I understand it. That I might be wrong there about that. We are that. with Thursday night, and and I just sort of think. There is so much mentally on the line in that game and we have to prove so much and I was so disappointed with that performance and that's out of probably any game this season. I mean, obviously, when we play Collingwood, we'd love to get a result there, but I want to see us put put Adelaide away. So, obviously, look, at the end of that, look, we're, obviously, we're happy to win and there was a moment sort of post-game. I actually didn't see the, um, the interview, so um, Fab might have, but... Um, Cripps was enormous for us on the day, and it was a bit of a throwback to the days when he had to be Superman for us to win games of footy. Um, Adam King pointed this out on Twitter to me, so heads up uh, you know, for him to shout out. Post-game, he's talking about it being a gutsy win and selling that really positive, glass-half-full, gutsy win. And you, you sort of go and this rhetoric, this narrative, it's all a front. It's all a flimsy veneer. We are what we are because it feels like too many key club personnel accept pub, uh, performances like this in a public forum. And whether they are different behind closed doors and whether they behave differently behind closed doors, stuff like that comes across as relief more than it does confidence. Yeah. I, I think that's a reasonable comment at the moment. Relief ahead of confidence is, is I think, where we're at. And, and, and there are more games to come and there's opportunities and, you know, we'd love to stick it up the kingies of the world and all that sort of stuff, but... King is in that beautiful situation of you can laugh at us for as long as you want mm. until we prove otherwise. I agree. And, and the reality is laughing at us, we're a soft target. That, that's all it comes down to. And, 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 and we've proven ourselves to be a soft target. And until we want for more and deliver for more, well, you're probably just going to put up with it. Faber Ganoush, does it feel to you like we're still in this just happy to win phase? when we should actually be in a striving to contend phase and sort of mindset. The mindset is bank the points, take the points, happy to win, where it should be actually more critically, geez, how does that stack up against the real big boys at the pointy end? Because I don't think it does. What we're seeing at the moment. I think externally we are, and I hope that internally we are. So I think externally we there's a large section of supporters that are just happy not to be losing and regardless of performance now 
I would hope that internally it's 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 more than that. I think. In that, fact, I, I I believe it's more than that. So I think that the mentality, that mentality, to be honest, whether it is being spoken about internally, externally, whether it is believed, um, I think it's permeating the football club, and I think that it's become a millstone around our necks because. I think a few people are starting to realise that we're, we're actually probably not the team we hoped we would be. And I think what they're doing is internally at least or internalising some revised expectations and that kind of just seeps out into the narrative. So wins like yesterday, we beat them by five and six goals last year, beating an undermanned Geelong, failing to hold on against the middle-of-the-road Tigers. That's all being assessed against... The Giants of four years ago, yep. the Cats of last year, the Tigers of 17 to 20. And it's kind of like, you no, know, none of those teams are those teams. They're actually weaker versions of those teams at the moment for one reason or another. We're not beating the Halcyon days the, the of, best versions of, of those outfits, yeah. but wins against those outfits are being treated like or being perceived to be a bit more meritorious than they are, when in reality it's like, no, we should be beating them. Yep. And I, we, should I be, we should be doing it a well, little bit more confidently. That, that said... We, we do also I, I, have I, I keep eight, eight, eight of twelve point, uh, ten of twelve points. So, yeah, we we there has to be something to say. Look, we're not playing great. We're far from the finished article. Where I, I said it yesterday to you guys, we're in first gear, and yet we're how many gears do we have? Half. We got a two stroke, or like a fucking two gears. What's no, going we, on? We, we got a, we got an eight speed. We've got an eight speed. So, um, I think we've got the old H. Speed. I think we've got the old H pattern four. <laughs> no, we've got, we've got the uh, the old Commodore three gear. Um, no, but to not be playing well, and I'm saying we collectively and individually, there is so much scope for improvement. Is there? And yeah, from who? Individually, so take away system. Take away system. Yeah, but we want to be system right. though, Fab. We don't want to be. I know, I know we, that, but we I'm were... saying just take away that individually. I don't see – I see it's going at 20%. There's maybe, so many players who are just Maybe they can't not... go better. Maybe, the reality is maybe these guys can't We've go... seen Zach Fisher be better. Nah, I think, I think we've got to really – he's hmm. – He needs a spell. He needs a spell. But there's just – there's so many – look, Jacob Wiedering, who we love on this podcast, he's got – he's nowhere near – that's, this is, a weird, this is such a weird conversation. I called it out on Twitter yesterday. Well, this is such a weird conversation. About weedering. About weedering. I, I, I don't get where it's come I, from. I think he's playing perfectly fine. I don't get where it's come from. Oh, no, I, don't, I don't think he's at his peak, I just said. I didn't say he's playing dog shit. He's not playing Zach Fisher dog shit, which let's you know call a spade a spade. You know, Everyone knows I love Zach Fisher, but he's playing dog shit football at the moment. He's not involved in anything. In anything at all. We've got to talk about him later. Now, Weeders, Weeders is he's not at his peak. I'm not saying he's playing horrible. He's not playing at his peak. So I, I, I think Zach Fisher is he's the victim of the getting the 17 players into defence. I think I think when we want to have four players ahead of the ball and space and the right players... It doesn't players work hard enough, Timbo. Well, this, this might be part of it too, but... When we want players with creativity that we can push into space and try and take the game on, I would like to see Zach Fisher being one of the guys that's chaining into into those sorts of positions. And we haven't seen it from him enough this season. We're going to talk about energy and synergy now. This shouldn't need to be a watch at this level, but it is. 
what is our energy, what is our presentation, what is our representation at contests around the ground? Because the way it came across on TV last night was so unflattering. So many orange jumpers around yeah, the well, ball. So yep. many orange jumpers in an in a position to compete, to influence play, to help teammates, etc. Uh, like there was one of my great texts that was ignored yesterday. I said, "Call for a head count because surely they've got more than us on the field." But I suppose for us, one of the the great frustrations out of yesterday for me was the energy of the group. It looked pedestrian to begin with. It looked laboured for too long. It looked like they were waiting for someone else to lift them. What was your impression at the ground? Yeah, look, I, I reflecting, I can see why you saw what you saw. I, you could tell that we were we, we weren't panicked, but we were very very aware that when a GWS player was going to get the ball on the outside that they were really, really keen on channeling it into the corridor and kicking on the 45 and or or forward handballing to be able to try and attack and bring and take the game on. Um, obviously, our correction was to try and get more players ahead of where the ball is to try and choke it up and make it harder for them. But rather than just having players up the line, we needed to have players through the corridor and, and, and just to make sure that that sideways, sideways option was shut down. Um so we were very reactive to that, and 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 it was a little bit like the old school Ross line of you know, if we keep the opposition to four, we only have to kick five. Now I don't want my team to play like that, and we have said there's no doubt that we have overcorrected. I think what you saw in the frame in the tally was probably, you know, the way that GWS were trying to fashion the attack, but what you didn't see was you know, the series of Carlton players that were behind the ball and we were able to repel. Obviously, Tim, but I know, of- I know, I know we've said this, we've said this three or four times and you guys can disagree with me, this whole overcorrection. We kicked 20 behinds. Yeah, me, look, we, we, shut, we, 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 shut we created down. opportunity. We shut them down and should have put them away, but we didn't. Were they good opportunities? Sure, out of 20 behinds, I'm sure, I'm sure four, yeah. four of them could have been goals. Yeah, I think they were low percentage. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm saying... 20% of our behinds could have easily been goals and the game is out of reach. I, I think what what definitely happened was like when when Adam told me that Jack Buckley was going to Charlie Curnow, I didn't say anything because in my heart of hearts I thought Charlie is going to eat this kid alive. I thought he's going and I thought he's going to kill him. And well, not based on how we use the ball. Well, no, that, that's exactly right. But in the end, I think the way that the game played out, the performances by both Sam Taylor and Jack Buckley as key position defenders against two, the two reigning or the two most recent Coleman medalists, their performances individually were exceptional. You could play at the moment, mate. And we, didn't, and we just didn't have enough on, mates on our forward This line. isn't a knock on Harry Mackay as such, but at the, just he's in a funk. You could play Caleb Daniel and Harry Mackay at the moment. Yep. He, he's yeah, doing that, better when he's pushing thing. up the ground. When I raised it five seconds ago, that we have individuals who are just not coming at the moment. Yeah, below par. Because of how we're moving the ball. No, that's more than that. That's a collective ha- thing. Harry's, Harry's we'll off. talk about this later. This is a heading later on. So I suppose for you, Fab, all of this, to me at least, watching these slow starts, all it allows, particularly for the home team in this case, it just allows them to build an interest in the game, to build confidence. Yeah. They start with greater intent, greater energy, greater purpose. They get a bit of reward. They're the underdogs. 
and then all of a sudden their tails are up a little bit. And you can't – good teams don't do that. They don't yes. let their hosts start positively, get themselves into the game, you know, build some confidence. We do it too often. I, I don't disagree. However, I don't believe it's something we can't adjust. Can't fix. No, this is it, Fab. But we're speaking about we speak about it seemingly every second week. So it's not a one-off. It's not like it just happened yesterday. Jeez, the boys were a bit flat yesterday. Why? Why was it yesterday? Why were they a bit flat yesterday? We were. Fucking, I don't think we were flat against we were Richmond or Geelong. We putrid in the second half against Richmond at the start of the second half. Yeah, absolutely. We came absolutely. out after half time and and cost ourselves an extra two points. Absolutely, then, I agree. And what about that energy and intent and whatnot late against Geelong? Uh, I think that was still a bit of the, uh, the English word for Kakasoto. Like when we shit ourselves a bit, we yeah. kind of got a bit timid in the last. But again, we had we had both. We've had all three games under control and haven't been absolutely optimum. So, is it a tr- so are they one-offs or are they trends? Is my question. At the moment, it's 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 it's. We're building, and we just haven't got it right yet. Yeah. We haven't got it right, but I, I see improvements. Turning up on the Gold Coast <sighs> early in the year, turning up in Adelaide. Yeah, look, look the Adelaide turning and Gold up Coast to Brisbane, games were... Turning up to Brisbane late in the year. Yeah, I'm, like, those three games yeah. were pathetic. Yeah. They were pathetic. But, you know, it's, you know, all teams, we, we sit here, we analyse our side, you know, only, because that's what we this is a Carlton podcast, but... All teams have those games, you know. They don't have them as often as we do. Uh, we had three shockers last year. That's it. And then we had more that's... than three. No, absolute Saints, shockers. It was Saints. Saints. Yep. Saints, Adelaide, first half against Brisbane. North, first half against North Melbourne last year was just appalling. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Like just in energy, intensity, just bringing purpose to the way you want to play the game. It shouldn't. We shouldn't be talking about this now. But it's a problem, and it's a problem far too often. Why? We're not going to play 23 rounds of flawless football. I'd like one. <laughs> one. Um, Sorry. Oh, sort of on that, I suppose. When have you got the Beijing cough, Timber? We had a, uh, yeah, I'm just hanging in there, mate. No, a, I'm better now. So we had a nine-day break, and it would actually be interesting to know what our main session looked like when it took place, what it entailed. Were we just cooked? Oh, it sounds ridiculous, but they just run the bollocks off them. Too close to the game. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an you interesting go, question. We looked, we looked flat and not willing to put in the effort required. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds stupid as well. So, what's the session look like? We don't know. I'm not saying this is how it played out, but is it a heavy one? Was it a little bit too heavy? Then you get on a plane, you travel, you kind of going. Should we be, I mean, is that a, was that an issue? Who knows? I don't know. They were off a six-day break coming back from West Coast. Well, they look fresher than us. Much fresher. They're, they're pretty fit. In terms of energy and intent, um, I've got this note here. We laid 39 tackles on the night, which I think was down 17 on the Giants. Players credited with zero tackles. Charlie, Doc, Fish. Oes, I'll give you Oes a pass because they only played a basically. Because did a hamstring, played, played a quarter. Played a quarter. Pitto and Young. Players with one tackle, Weeders, Sauce, Lob, Harry, TDK, Ed, Cripps, Cowan, Chera, Akers. I'll give Akers a pass in terms of his shoulder, but he was out there for the whole game. He got one Akers, tackle. yeah, but hold on. A- Akers was putting his body on the line all the time. I was. You fucking related to this impressed. bloke or something? 
I mean, I, round one, I was, I was like most. I was thinking, geez, is this guy actually any good? But anyway, whatever. His last two games, I've been super impressed he, with the effort. He's of such a good game. fit for us at right now, isn't he? Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. So anyway, sixteen players total accounted for ten tackles. Yeah, it's not great. No, that's. Atrocious. So we have seven other players that have put together 27, is that 29. right? 29. 29. Josh Kelly, just by for comparison, had Josh nine Kelly on his own. Had nine on his own. Yeah. Just not good. And then, and like I, I think sometimes people overstate tackles as a stat because sometimes it does mean you get into the ball second and what's your energy intent like to actually win the footy. So it's not always um, a wonderfully sort of valuable stat. But I think. On a day like yesterday, well, we won the hitouts. We won the hitouts, forty-six to seventeen, which means we'll get in first look at most. Well, no, but again, where time. are these hitouts going? To Cribs. Oh, we dominated the hitouts yesterday. But, but where are they going? We only won. What did we win clearance by six or something? Maybe. I mean, Cribs yeah, like, had thirteen clearances like, and okay. twenty contested possessions. So, so the point is, tackles are a good measure of, I suppose, intensity. They're not always the most reliable measure, but to have sixteen blokes combined for ten is not enough. on a wet day. Yeah. is not good. Um, and then, by contrast, you see what an important moment it was late in the last quarter when Mitch McGovern lays the big tackle out on the wing. I loved it. It was my moment of the match. It was a fantastic moment of just intensity, purpose. Power. Power, and you went, fucking, there we and go. And controlled aggression, too. 100%. But it sent a message. And, and everybody who has ever listened to me knows that I probably have far, far too much man love for Mitch McGovern. But when he does things like that in a game of footy, it's, that's why I've always long said... This this kid's a gun. So the next but just... Mitch Mitch is another one who is not running at a hundred percent at the moment. I thought he was all right. I thought I thought he's no, been... oh, he, he's had moments. Look, it gets Richmond. He put himself in very important situations yeah. and fucked up. And he was a bit rusty. He was a bit rusty. And yeah, he's, he's always. I'm saying he's, he's... just not at a hundred percent. When we're not as a collective unit humming at the moment. When yeah. do you okay? Just okay not... Fine. When do you when do you expect? We can when oh, when do you expect that I can expect to turn up to a game of football? We're and, building into a season and professional, so highly paid footballers are switched on and ready to go. It could be a good Friday this Friday. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Okay. Wait and see. No, um, my next, my, my next, humor's wasted here, Coley. No, well, mate, I mean, it's you hardly Bill Burr. It's Good Friday. <laughs> we we know. We get it. Um, next heading is preparations for the match and Ash Hansen. So we talked about it a bit more. In depth early, we don't need to, to go over it. In, in spoke to Ash in the grandstand. During there you the go. Reserves. Fantastic. Um, did you ask him about our mid forward connection, given that he's the forwards coach and why it's the standard of a Diamond Valley team? It was more of a cordial discussion, but anyway, good guy. Um, so we spoke about the Giants using the corridor. We spoke about the Giants playing the conditions better. We spoke about them potentially adjusting the way they maybe were going to play based on the conditions. We didn't seem to do any of that. Like. It shouldn't take a professional top-flight team the 40-odd minutes it took us to adjust to the way the Giants were playing, given they weren't playing how we expected them to. We spoke about that earlier. This is a failure to plan. This is a failure of having any contingencies. This is a failure to adapt. And then worse, the VFL side played before us, they would play the same fucking way. Absolutely. So who's Ash Hansen's gas bagging with you up in the stand whilst <laughs> Sorry, the VW, VFL Giants are telling us exactly how they're going to play. Yep. And we weren't going, is a play line to goal to be there, aren't they? No, we're going to go, no, fuck that. 
They're going to crib around the boundary, and we're just going to guard that corridor off like we've planned all week. And just going, no, what are you watching? What are you planning for? Clearly nothing. Like, I was just so frustrated by our inability, Fab, to assess and then combat the way that the Giants played yesterday. I think we assessed it and tried to combat it. and After quarter time. After quarter, yeah, but it's very hard to make movements. There's no runners and stuff. Like, how there are, are you... runners. You've been saying this for three fucking years. There's runners out on the field. You've been saying this for years. So you've got to score a goal. Mind. You've got to score a goal to no, have a don't. runner out there. Runners go on the field all the time. Are you allowed to have communication runners out there, Timbo? They're out there. I think they do only go on a, after goals, don't well, they? Well, fuck, fuck me, mate. There are only 10 of them kicked in the first quarter. No. Okay, there are only 10 opportunities for them to go out there then. This is no, a... hold on. We kicked we, we kicked 18 goals together for the entire game. It wasn't 10 goals kicked in there the first quarter. There were nine quarter. goals kicked in the first, in the first quarter. And there was Shut nine up, goals Tim. kicked after quarter time. So there are only nine opportunities then. If, you, if runners can only go on after goals, there's only nine opportunities for the runner to get out there and go, boys, geez, they're going more corridor. What we want to do is we want to make sure, squeeze that zone up, squeeze it across a little bit, make sure we're covering off the fucking corridor. I don't think we were prepared to work early on. And it took until quarter time to get a bit of it. So whose fault's that? Uh, is that the leadership on the field that's then? The, that, that, that's the playing group. It's not always leadership, but it's not always coaching. It's a collective unit going... I don't know if you're flat or there's no energy. We we're just fucking lazy. Fab's been bringing up this runners thing for years, hasn't he? This idea about you remember we were a young team and the runners. We didn't have runners, so it was hard to coach us because there weren't any runners. Look, I, look, I'll tell you this, right? I, I think we could have a team of fucking of... over forty fives, and he'd be going, "There's no runners. There's just inexperience." That's right. There. Very important. There's, there's no runners. He, Take, he, get he the message likes, out there. He likes the mosquito fleet. Do you days. remember the Marcus, the Marcus Rojo? When he came on, and he was he was eating a banana, and he had to give a piece You've of told paper story to before. to someone instead of giving him the paper, gave him the banana. Like, oh, <laughs> the fuck am I doing with a banana? Oh, he's, and then Rojo's just there going, I think Rojo's gone to take a bite. He's going, Oh shit! No, the message is for you. English give is a second language. Give me back my banana. Um, give me back my banana. So I just think that ultimately we're, we're just. I'm just trying to find my place in here again. I had the note that our work in A1 and D1 was not. Good enough as well. We want to pride ourselves on a contested team, a, a contest-based team. And apart from Crips, our work in that initial phase of the contest wasn't great. And to allow the Giants to exit out the back of the stoppage as they did so readily, like mm-hmm. Josh Kelly just set everything up out the back of the contest. And you, you just, again, it's one of those we go, how often does it happen before you recognize it, think about doing something about it? particularly when the team's not going away, if they're doing it once every so often and you're five or six goals up, you can cop the odd one and go, ah, oh, good on them. They, you know, they, nice bit of play and they, yeah. they got well, us There's, a, the there's an opposition out there who are going to occasionally have it go their way. Remember old Gold Coast game with this bloke when they, they kicked a goal and he was livid? He was livid. <laughs> they kicked one goal and he couldn't believe it. But he, no, no. You, but you are right, Fabian. I mean, look, they... Timbo, I can handle Sean... <laughs> Having a dig at me, right? Not you. You are, you are walking a very fine line, my friend. He was apoplectic that they line. kicked a goal. It was like we ended up winning pretty comfortably. It's like we weren't going to keep them scoreless, Fab. They were. Well, St Kilda have kick who? Been keeping teams goalless for quarters. Okay, that's a Ross Lyon special, isn't for it? For the whole game, mate. We played a dog shit 
Gold Coast team. I, I can't even remember what year it was now. Was that when Tom Lynch kicked eight? He was Tom pretty, Lynch has always always had very good days. He was just putting it through post high from about 50. Remember the one where he got on the wing and he balked like two blokes and then from 60 just like just caressed it? I mean, just looked like a pack of idiots. Um, I want to talk about Ash Hansen. So apparently he does the bulk of the coaching day to day, you know, down at the footy club, drills and the like. And, and there's been some chat that Voss is sort of more of the soccer manager, overseer, kind of top line head coach and that Hanson's responsible for some tactical stuff and gameplay pattern stuff. His positioning on the bench would suggest that too. I so, think most coaches who are operating from the bench are allowing upstairs to control yeah. most things. So Hanson arrived very well thought of. His arrival was sold as a coup. Uh, we aren't going forward. I'm just going to say it. We are not going forward at the moment with with what he's doing or what he's providing or how he's running his portfolio at the football club. I'm putting a watch on him because his area, the forwards, That's massive. is officially a concern because it doesn't matter what – we talk about personnel. It doesn't matter what personnel he's got at his disposal. We're dysfunctional. I'll give you a list. Jack Martin does or doesn't play, doesn't matter. We're dysfunctional. Any combination of always Durden and Motlop play, it doesn't matter because we're dysfunctional. Silvani goes down there again, dysfunctional, doesn't matter. Two Coleman medalists, dysfunctional. Doesn't matter that they're down there. We took 10 marks inside 50, which is an improvement on round one where we took five. Mm. But down on last week where we kicked, uh, sorry, we had 17. Yep. And you go, even then, we took 17 marks inside mm. 50 and kicked 13 goals. Now, forward line seems going, going, If someone had said you are taking 17 crowded. marks inside 50, you'd be going, because you're going to kick some goals from open play and the like, you'd be going, oh, all right. So that sounds pretty positive. Our, no. forward 50, our forward 50, our, our method of attack isn't isn't great at the moment. It's local I'll footy. give you that. I'll it's, give you that. It's local footy. We've kicked 8, 13, and 9 goals for the year. So if delivery is not a concern, conversion is. So it's a huge, yeah. huge problem. And these issues... We've got to put some work into it. These, Absolutely. These issues aren't recent. This is not a recent issue. This has been happening for a long time. And you're sort of thinking... I'd love to know whether it be pressure, consultation, discussion. I'd love to know what the talk is internally about the way we're moving the ball and how we're trying to score. And, and I, I think it'd be good to be a fly on the wall to be able to see what we are, what we're trying mm. to do when we're in training and all that sort of stuff. Because as you say, say if if the opposition's limiting our ability to be able to play the way that we want to play, and that's something that we've got to work our way through, and there's improvement to be had, well then let's see. Um, and then look for me, Fab. If it's not poor leading patterns, guys crashing into each other, it's poor kicks in, not to anyone's advantage. We've got lots of packs either either way. Um, we are asking so much. I saw a tweet actually before. It was funny. It might have been in the mailbox. I might be going early. But um, someone said, it's such an ask. To, basically, we say to Charlie, not only do you have to outmark your opponent, you have to outmark Harry and his opponent as well. Look, I get, I get, it. And, and they showed a couple of snippets where I think it was in the three-quarter time break, where Harry and Charlie are competing for the same ball. And yet, I get it. We don't want to draw them both to the same ball. But how many goals does Charlie feast on? Where he acts like he's going to the contest, he drags his man there with him, and Harry's man's there, and then Charlie just gets out the back because Harry's not going to get outmarked. But if he gets to the back, Charlie gets an easy goal. Is that reliable? 
certain parts of the ground. Here it is. Charlie, I reckon Charlie kicked at least 10, 15 goals that way last year. Okay. So he was kicking 0.7 goals a game. That's worth four points to us a week. No, no. It's Charlie's ability to know that Harry is going to be able to take two blokes. You know what I prefer? I prefer they didn't lead to the same spot, didn't compete against one another, didn't drag a third man no, up no, for a mark. No, no, but that's In those instances, Charlie doesn't go up. He doesn't compete No, with but he him. takes his man there. So as you say, still trying to outmark. Whoever is competing is still trying to out, outmark the additional player and pros, possibly a third man up in the original contest as well. So it's just bad. It's just bad, bad football. Oh, there's another 90s banger, Tim. Oh, yeah, good one. Fab can't hear this. He's just sitting there like a bag of dicks. This is the Smashing Pumpkins. This is the Smashing Pumpkins. What? <laughs> you, oh, you said you never would. Well, okay, hold on. Is it 1979? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know what I love? He, he just discredited sabotage out of hand, not a 90s banger. And I can't see both of his hands, but I reckon one of them's on his old boy as he listens to this. I'm not listening to it at all. Because <laughs> he just thinks about it then. Pete will be happy with this. Ah, the pumpkins. <laughs> Whatever. See, I'm not a Pumpkins fan, but I recognise that they're a quintessential 90s band. They are. Absolutely. They they're are. not necessarily yeah. for me, but I'm not like Fab, and I'm not like, no. Nah. No. Nah. Why do we play that, Tim? Because the Blues are back, Sean. Yeah. Yes, we well, did. Are we back? Well, I'd like to think so. And then lastly, just before we get to chicken salads, Fab touched on it a little bit earlier, skill errors. Conditions notwithstanding, we continue to make things very, very hard for ourselves with poor disposal. It feels as though we're strangely very tentative with ball in hand and we want to play that methodical style. But are we actually, I think I mentioned this the other week, are we actually skillful enough across the board to play that style of football? The fear at the moment is no, we're not. And, and Our skill level is very poor. Well, and, and, very poor. and the only question you just need to, to then add is, when Sam Walsh comes back in and when Matthew Kennedy's in and David Cunningham's in, do we redress this situation and see better field kicking as a result because the lowest common denominator has been lifted or is it just more of the same? And I'd like to think that's an opportunity to be better, um, but I guess we'll wait and see. I'm hoping, like all hell, that yesterday's conditions were the key reason our skills were so poor because it was – we keep saying Diamond Valley. I feel sorry for the Diamond Valley League. It cops it. Um, it was Diamond Valley quality. We can go Ovens and Murray if you're more comfortable. Did you actually see <laughs> yeah. what happened in the Ovens and Murray? Wangaratta. Yeah. So Wangaratta got stripped of their premiership for being over the salary cap. You know, what I got, you know what I got to say about that, Timbo? Who who's, who's gives a shit? Official salary cap documents. Who fucking cares? But did I, But then during financial the financial doping, it's local. Are they the wanger at a Mac? It's local footy. Ah, uh, they are. Yeah, Mate, it's local footy. If they want to financially dope, go for it. I don't give a shit. But what I found fascinating is they beat Yarrawonga in the grand final, and Yarrawonga put out a press a press release saying, um, "You know, we're not going to seek to try and claim the premiership because we were beaten by a better team on the day." And but it's, and it's sort if of like, the league but wants over... to give us the premiership, 
That well, is entirely their decision. It was a very strange, yeah. It well, was because you know why? It was they, almost saying they, like we won't accept it if you give it to I'm us. Not pointing, I, but you know what's probably happened? It's probably a little bit like when we were doing the salary cap stuff, and it's like every fucking one is. Yeah. You go after the ones yeah, that won because they did it properly. But who's getting paid officially at the Wangaratta Magpies? Like most payments are Joe Richards. Local lo- local footy players don't want. They want cash. They're <laughs> claiming it. Yeah, they, they don't want any kind of – anything for the tax man, any paper trail whatsoever. Yeah, I did see that. Interesting. It's a Interesting. dynamite drop-in. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I suppose we'll go on to the chicken salads now. Uh, heading number one here for me is reliable types. Now, that's just basically saying that it was uh, a game left up to the usual suspects. Paddy Cripps had it 42-odd times. He got 13 clearances. He really imposed himself um, – I don't mean to diminish his performance because we've seen him play better games, but he was the decisive factor on the day uh, up there for us. And and went head-to-head against Tom Green, who is going to be a a serious footballer. They paid each other absolutely no respect, and maybe the Giants should have paid Cripps a tiny bit more respect than they did. Maybe Tom Green was asked. Uh, Well, still, is that you you giving us some inside info there, Timbo? Maybe. Just carry on. (laughs) Still, Paddy Cripps led us for disposals inside 50s, 50s metres gained. Contested disposals. He had as many centre clearances as any of his teammates had total clearances. He had eight more clearances than any of his teammates, and he had six more than any other player on the ground. So I think we can expect to hear uh, Pete Cripps' three votes come Brownlow Medal night. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a standout. Sam Doherty, I thought, was really good as well. Again, a player getting some heat on online for some reason. He's been a bit unclean this year. But incredibly um, important player for us yesterday and an enormous contributor into why we won the up, game. He was mark, he, he was, his field positioning was exceptional. Like The, the amount of intercept marks that he took. And Ten he marks was, total. He, he was in the right spot all the time. And then the way that he waxed with Sardi and Mitch coming out of defence, when, when it worked, it worked really well. Kicked a big goal. Well, and... Actually, that that was that was one of the hard bits as a Carlton supporter when you're in the stand, and obviously he's taken the mark and he's held the ball up like that, and the other guy's chopped his arm and he's dumb. supposed to be standing on the mark and it was dumb, incredibly dumb. And and all the GWS supporters and family and parents and all that sort of stuff said, oh, you know, he's all he's done is dropped it, and it's sort of like, yeah, he kind of did, but did you feel better? Like, did you feel so? You're sitting in the GWS parents, friends, family, wives, girlfriends section. Did you feel like a lot of Sydney siders potentially, you know, in the crowd, generally speaking, who might not be as big a football fan as some of us, did you feel like just a better quality football <laughs> fan at the venue? <laughs> no, like that happens and you go, you fucking idiots. Well, it, but it's, you know, we all know that you see footy through your own he lens. knocked it out of his yeah, hand. Yeah, you, you see it through your own lens. And again, little things like that, you feel sorry for them because it, it's, a, it's a minor transgression. But you just can't do it, and it's and it purely it was just undisciplined. Three k's over the speed limits, over the speed limit. This is exactly right, Sean. Oh, so in the end, you thought, and and Nadine Nadine was starting to get Who's ups, Nadine? upset. Nadine is Adam's wife. Okay, you mentioned her earlier. So I was I, like, do I, I should I know who this person? Yeah, yeah, who did he send the message to us yesterday? Fabio was like, I'm sitting next to such and such, and it's like I don't know who that is. It was Nerissa Vanderhayden, Jason Perfect. McCartney's wife. And I was like, am I meant to know who that is? <laughs> Well, it was there was a lot. Tell us the story the... about you telling uh, Adam Saad that people were looking for him at the airport. <laughs> he was he was about to go through security, and rather in the end, rather than queuing, they were able to go around. And one of the Carlton staff members was calling out to him, but he was on the phone, mm. and he they they just yelled out Saadi, and he heard someone, 
but he didn't know where it came from. And I just sort of said to him, I said, oh, I think I, I think you're wanted over there, Sadi. The way and, Tim cut that in the text message he sent us was that he had like a conversation with Adam. Well, we had we a conversation like, with Adam Sard. <laughs> and we were like, oh, that's interesting. What do you have to say? And I, said, like, no, I just say spoke anything. to Adam Sard. He basically which, said, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I it. don't even know that he said thanks. <laughs> don't even know that he acknowledged my presence. <laughs> he might just, have actually heard the Just voice. trying to help him out. Just um, trying to help the boys out. Play, Sam, like, play my role. But as I said, Sam Doherty, some of the stuff on Twitter, again, just bizarre toward a bloke who played well on the night, really strong contributor to us getting the win. Just weird. Um, I, I just think a lot of us will see errors, and for some reason we seize upon errors. And, yeah, no, and I just think we need to be a better class of supporter than that because uh, if you, especially if you get it 39 times, I can assure you, you won't be running at 100% efficiency. You know, someone who did get the ball a lot and didn't make many mistakes was Nick Newman. He was magnificent. Uh, game high, 11 marks. He had 24 touches. He went at 87.5% disposal efficiency in those conditions down back and more importantly kept Toby Green to just five touches and one goal. Um, he's the best small defender in the game. Fabaganoush, are you there? Possibly not. Fabaganoush, um, can you hear us? To answer your question, because I don't know that we do have Fab right We're, now. We've lost Fabaganoush. I'm back, I'm back. Sorry, oh, I was out for a little bit. Um, yeah, his his game on, on Toby was exceptional. And and credit where it's due, the, the mark that Toby took took in the in the pack with the flight of the ball at a key moment in the game was um was uh the actions of a seriously good footballer. And and look, we, we're lauding Nick Newman because his performance against Great footballers with great ability and obviously opposition captain and the ability to genuinely impact the game. To limit him to five possessions and a goal is it's just I think it's a career low. Wow, for Toby Green, yeah. which was wow. a ph- phenomenal performance. He's uh, Nick Newman started the year brilliantly and un- would have. I was to gonna be say he's been he's been good for all three games. He's, um, he's pretty much leading our best. He'd be up there right in the best. You know, I love I love that Nick Newman's been our best player to start the season. He's blanketed Dustin Martin. He's destroyed Toby Green, giving him the bath. Uh, played really well against Geelong. We were trying to figure out who he was on against Probably Geelong. Probably on close, so I think is what a few yeah, people were saying. There was a few yeah. little bit of chopping and changing with Stengel yeah. and Gary Rowan, and you know, Cowan was on Rowan at one point, etc. Yeah. So he had, you know, he had a fantastic start to the year, and Fab just nonchalantly goes, he's had a good start to the year. He's had a good start to the year. Blake Akers <laughs> runs onto the <laughs> field, <laughs> and he's got a tears rolling down his face. He's clapping him onto the field. Hopefully there are listeners out there who are going, Agree with me that I reckon Blake Akers. Blake Akers has been look, great. He wasn't great. You know who's, better than, one, you know who's been better than Blake Akers through great. three weeks? Nick Newman. Yep. <laughs> That's the point we're making. You're like, yeah, no, no, Nick. Nick's uh, he's played well. Look, he we're going the through season. the chicken salads, and if you don't have Blake Akers, Nick Newman there, started the season well, yeah. And then you're like, Blake Akers, what a performance! Absolutely. No, I said, I don't know if this is true or you're just ignoring me. I said Nick Newman would be leading our best and fairest. Yeah. After we said that. Adam Saad, I thought he was good again as well. Very good. Really, really hard. Close space well. Gave us some spring. And yeah, a bit of fireman Saad. Yep, absolutely. He was good. Uh, really liked his. Some positive signs from not lesser lights as such, but not those reliable types, as we said. Um, Mitch McGavin. Yeah, very good. I thought he had some good moments. I thought he had a good game. Again, people were slating him on Twitter for some reason. I thought he was more good Eric Bailly than bad Eric Bailly. Yep, agree with that. Uh, Adam Chera, I thought he picked up the slack. Uh, left by Walsh and Kennedy and Hewitt, let's be fair, being incredibly hamstrung by his hand. Yep. 
uh, I, I, Dad said at one point, I think he said Hewitt couldn't even shake hands at the, with players at the end of the game. And he wore like a glove. And you're sort of going, Bloke probably shouldn't have played. Probably shouldn't have. To yeah. be fair. Yep. We're not doing him any favours. He can't impact like we know he can. But in his stead, I thought Adam Chera had a good, good day and really competed hard and contested well. And I thought Lockie Cowan was mopping up really well late yes. in the last quarter as well. When, when the game was desperate and we needed, you know, quality yeah. possessions and being in the right place, he, he really stepped up under pressure, which I was delighted to see. Just so he's fab, you can tell him what's my next note. Acres toughed it out, had 21 touches, clearly hampered. We'll give him a shout-out in the chicken salads. You happy with that? I, I, look, I, I wanted to see two things from you, Sean. I wanted to see Blake Acres' name in the chicken salads, and there's a bloke in the chicken shits who I want you to have the balls to put on there. Well, so long as you go your boy in the chicken shits, we'll be fine. Okay, we'll go. Let's yep. go. I don't know who you're referring to. You but... know who I'm referring to. Next chicken salad was Jack Silvani. I thought uh, he Pre- presented, presented well, really well. And yep. when he actually got the ball was a point of difference. I thought he was quite clean and creative and as that hit up On the forward. run, he's a really good kick, isn't he? Like, like in, in motion, he's a really nice penetrating kick. Oh. Well, Charlie Kerno was the pivotal moment of the game. Who kicked it to him? I'm going to assume it was Jack Silvani. Correct, Sean. Peter Bunch. <laughs> um, it was Jack Silvani. Wait for Timbo to go, no. Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was, it was intercept mark and it was Lockie Whitfield. <laughs> uh, so I think with Jack, there was a little bit of chatter about his game last week and the being subbed off thing. I think it was awfully premature. He sacrificed his game for the better part of 18 months. It's only natural yep. that there'd be some ring rust about him playing that preferred hit-up half-forward yep. role. Yep. Um, he was better yesterday than he was last week yep. as he sort of starts to get back in the swing of things. And just a last extra special shout-out, Matt Owies. Was very good early. Very good early. Mm. Um, could be a bit of a loss for us, to be honest. You know, um, Works hard. Do we do we know what we, hamstring. Know hamstring? Was hamstring tightness it's... is what they said. So they'll, they'll get it scanned. They'll have had it scanned today and they'll work out what it is. But he, he would be playing next week. Nah. But look, super encouraging ability to find space. And if we get to a stage where, like early in the game, we, we were able to reward his industry... Like, he had four touches, he won a clearance, he laid a tackle, he took two marks, and he kicked two goals. Did he kick two? Like, and that's in a quarter, like, just under a quarter of footy. About 16 minutes of footy. And you're kind of going, he's not going to maintain the rage all day. He but you were like, 10. We, we were clearly <laughs> able to find him and reward him, and actually, that was a real Philip for us. It was really good. Um, so, shout out to him. He, he really did as much as he possibly could in the, the amount of game time that he was on the field. No, nah, credit to him. I, I wasn't actually as aware that he'd been as um, impactful, yeah, industrious as he was. Chicken shits, out of sorts players. Go to Fabaganusha's man, Zach Fisher. Yeah, look, he needs to be dropped. He has to. He, he cannot... He cannot have large patches of the game. And when I say large, I'm talking about halves where he doesn't touch the ball at all. At 17 just, disposals. He had one inside 50, he laid no tackles. 17 disposals seems well above. Yeah, that's, you know, sometimes you're in and under, you get a couple of cheap handballs. But, yeah, he, he's, he's such a barometer for our footy team that when he's involved, not even when he's playing well, when he's involved, we are so much better. I don't think he's the... He's not, I don't think, a conductor as such, but... Uh, that's that chicken. He's not, the, he's not the Nick Buck of our side. Is no, that's a niche reference. Um, well, and and I guess the question then, Fab, and and you are 
you know, our strongest uh, Zach Fisher aficionado. Is he the sort of player that you can drop or do you need to persist and hope that he finds the form and then catalyzes what we're trying to do, or is because is it chicken or egg with 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 fish? I don't know. No, I don't I, know he's answer. a hard one to work is, out. Is I, he, I agree with you, hundred percent. Just is he just a cream player? I don't know. And and interestingly, out of the two, is the only player that you would um, propose for promotion on the back of um, the way that they played is Paddy Dow. They're but, never but, picking but, Paddy but Dow. But where and how they're going to deploy <laughs> Paddy him Paddy Dow could have 70, kick nine, not have 14 him. marks. I'll, and, tell you how, uh, I'll tell you how low sorry, down the order Paddy Dow is. He's not is. doing something that they're looking for. Hewitt and Walsh don't play. Sorry, Hewitt's clearly, sorry, injured and he's no position to be playing, shouldn't be out there. Kennedy's not out there. Walsh is still not fit. And they're going, no. <laughs> yeah. We're not interested in what you're bringing. It's 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 a shame for the guy. He he's clearly done papers completely and utterly stamped. The papers there's no there's no white page left. It's been stamped so often. You're gone. Well, it's it, it's going to be an interesting watch because um, yeah, he was he was he was our best player on the ground by some distance. I look forward to him winning the Liston. And people know that I'm a big Paddy Dow fan. He will win the Liston because well, I'm just, he's just not going to play. All right. Harry so we've McKay. gone, my man. Harry Mackay. Yeah, very quiet. Looking out of sorts, okay up the ground, not really making an impact closer to goal. It will click for him at some stage. He's only got the two goals through three weeks. Oh, we? Um, that's not what we want or need for a guy that needs to be averaging three a week. <laughs> Just digressing ever so uh, slightly. He had seven touches. Oh, we? I backed Jesse Hogan to win the Coleman medal at $67 at what the start How much season. money did you waste on that? Uh, it was like 15 bucks. Mate, you should have just thrown it out the window, driving down the Eastern Freeway. He has kicked nine on the season or something like yep. that. I'm just saying. Timber. Just Timber. Saying. He had a snap from 35 out, didn't make the He distance. did make the distance. Jacob but... Wiedering turned around and went, I'm going to mark this. <laughs> like, every single person at the ground was surprised that like the game didn't stop. It was like, oh, my God, the game, the ball's still played. Just remember what Gary Lyon said all those years ago, Tim. It's not about what they do in their first season. It's who's going to have the better career. Yep. Jesse Hogan, that's why he clearly was the rising star. Yep. Clearly, they kept telling us. Absolute disgrace. Over Paddy Cripps. I imagine you want me to talk about Lockie O'Brien. Fucking horrendous, yeah. honestly. Was he David Caruso? He was hardly Daniel LaRusso. No. He didn't but. play well, and he had one bad moment with that the kick down the line. Yep. He did turn the ball over at fucking on a halfback flank. It wasn't like we didn't have a hundred meters to defend. By the way, it wasn't. And, like in, the, and, and in his defence, there was a the time where he was inside fifty, all on his own, and someone can't remember who it was. I think it was Ed. Couldn't fucking. Is it? He, he did not. Have, what I love is he misses the kick here, and then a bunch of fucking heroes t- tweet us like, like I'm out, like I'm Lockie O'Brien, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he's shocking kick, mate. Bad skill error. Yeah. Join the queue. Not the first time we have seen that today. Mm. And look, I, I, when it I came on, we needed guys running. Errors. Yeah. But he's, 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 he was just 16 rubbish. blokes laid one or fewer tackles, Fab. Lockie O'Brien's got to work his ass off. I agree. He's I agree. A, he's a but, winger. But what and I'm he trying to point it. is that this stuff about he's the I whipping know, he boy. Was, he was not on his own. He's the whipping boy because it's easy for him to be the whipping boy. It's easy yeah. for fans yeah. to, to cast him as that. He did not play well. It's like when Dow last year against the Lions. You go, yeah, he didn't play well. You know who else didn't play well? About 20 of his mates. Yeah. yeah. Did you see Stock last night? No. Played well. well I saw bits of it. Hmm. Has he got more shit tattoos on his legs? He has. 
So yeah. Zach Fisher. It's not a good look. Um, but yeah, look, I think Stocks, like he's a little bit like um, Setterfield at Essendon in the sense that you go, the move I think is probably good for him because if he was with us, he's not mm. doing what he's doing. He's not. Can I, can he's, I go? He's with not a... getting the game because he's not a good. As, he's not. Lockie Cowan's played better football as a small defender than Stocker did for Correct. us. Correct. Correct. And then Newman started the season off well. We obviously thought we were going to have Zach Williams gets injured. Adam Sard's all Australian. Yep. You know, you've got Plowman in reserve as the depth. You go, he's Marchbank's another one where you're sort of going, again, in reserve depth, come back from injury. You go, how far down the depth charts this guy? Player played well in the twos yesterday. And he's probably not like for like with Stocker, but better small defender. A better small defender. Can um, I the- uh, give a a former blues chicken shit and I reckon the cliff has come and come very quickly. Zachary Tui? That's the one. Looks so slow. So mm. slow. And if they weren't best mates, Levi had a chance to bury him today and didn't do it. Mm. 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 Yeah, I didn't mm. see much of that game either. Yeah, I didn't see saw barely any of it. Uh, and then the other chicken shit is George Hewitt. And this is not on George Hewitt personally. Um, couldn't shake hands. Shouldn't have played. Shouldn't have played. Just why are we playing him? Oh, it's, it's just it's just bad selection. We're sending a message to Paddy Dow. Oh, this message could not be clearer. It's coming through in Dolby Atmos. Well, like in seven point one surround well, at, sound. At Speaking game. of Dolby Atmos, can I can I can I digress because I will forget. Yes. I'm putting out an official invite to you, Sean. Tim, you're always invited. Super I'm Mario. Waiting. I'm, you're going to be outraged with this. However, club, for club, club he's, he's going gold class as Mario, aren't you? We are. We're taking the kids gold class for their Easter present. Absolutely disgraceful. Gold class be completely lost on them. Just take them to see a normal, see in the normal session they, on the VMAX. They're looking so forward to the whole someone bringing you food while you're on it. Like on a but someone brings them food watch. every day of their lives. What are you talking about? So It's um, no different. There's no treat for them. They're, they're looking forward to it, but and I'm still waiting on Timbo to, you know, go and watch Creed because you know Timbo goes, "Oh, we'll watch it, Fab." You don't yeah, need Tim. it. I've got a copy of it. Okay, forward it. Um, Thursday. Air. What? This is yes. a, mate. You know what I love about Air? So Air looks like I felt like I remember seeing the trailer when it first came out, and it looks. What was Billy Walsh's response to Vincent's Vince Chase's movie idea about the miners? Is this the one he didn't want to criticise it? Yeah. And he walked away. And what did he say? He goes, he came I said, oh, he goes, you're talking about that movie? And what did Billy Walsh say? I don't recall what Billy said. Because he's pitching an MOW. I see this trailer Look, and I'm like, this is a Netflix movie. This is an Apple TV movie. This is like well, a... Well, it's actually, it's it's it's, it's, it's Amazon. A, this, this it's is an a Amazon pa- movie. But like... But it's getting cinema releases around the world. It's like this is a this is a streaming. It's going to make money because of what it is, and I'm I just want to go and see the. It's got the it's got the worst line I've ever seen in a movie trailer, and I don't say that lightly. It's one the point of difference. You know what's Nike's point of difference, and he said we're really bad at basketball. Or no, 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 no. That's that's a cute sort of quirky line. So bear in mind they didn't write this movie, but Ben Affleck directed it. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon won an Oscar for best screenwriting. Yeah, they wrote one of the best for Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill yeah. Hunting, particularly a very, very brilliant movie, and particularly Robin Williams's monologues and yeah. stuff like that. Absolutely outstanding. Should be studied, probably are studied in terms of writing, yeah. performance, yeah. everything. 
So they wrote that movie, won an Oscar for it at like 28 or whatever they were. Matt Damon utters the line, I don't know who he's walking towards. I need you to build the best basketball shoe ever. That's the worst line I've ever seen in a genuine movie. It looked like something out of a Saturday Night Live sketch. You got yeah. Ben Affleck, I assume, is playing Phil Knight, and he's got a terrible perm. He does. Yeah. You just, what you are you going to do when it's the early 80s, right? Yeah. But it's just like, I need the, I need you to build the greatest basketball shoe ever. It's like, it's 1984, mate. He's talking been, to uh, Tinker Hatchfield. It's like I'm you've assuming. been, at the moment, your competition for the title of greatest basketball shoe ever are Converse Chucks. And the Converse All-Star. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of uh, competition. In the trailer, in the I've seen a lot of people, but I haven't seen who's playing Michael Jordan. Oh, Ma- oh, Michael B. Jordan. I wouldn't, be, Jordan. I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if he's not in it. I love the fact in the new Space Jam. Because I reckon they had to. Had I know. To how funny, when they, yeah, funny when, they, when they say, oh, we found him, we found him, and it's Michael B. Jordan. I've got a theory about this. I think we've probably spoken about it. I reckon they would have gone to Jordan and said, look, what do we reckon? Get you out there. We'll get a team up. You come in in the second half and you and you and LeBron are throwing alley-oops and whatever. And I reckon LeBron would have gone, nah, because the gag will be, I can't win without help. Yeah, the, meme, the meme will be, I can't win without Wade and Bosch. I can't win without Kyrie and Love. I can't win without Michael Jordan. I can't beat the Monsters. This without, 100%. Uh... His attitude would have been, the memes would be, he, he it, knows what he wants out of it. It's so incredibly obvious. The memes would be, he can't win on his own. Yeah. And he would have gone, My kids nah. love the new Space Jam. I thought yeah, so it was unwatchable shit. Yeah, but movie's not made for you. Absolute fucking garbage. Movie's not what made for you. What were they playing? Just play a normal game of basketball. What was this horse shit? LeBron's kid had made this weird fucking NBA Jam style video game. It was just, it was garbage. Well, it's like, it just, just play a normal game of basketball. It was just a bit of play on it – was, it was more the focus on the gaming side of the sport. Like my son down here plays NBA 2K23 every single day. He cannot get enough of it and that he's just yeah, at was, that age. But it was worse than that. It wasn't like they were playing NBA. They were playing some weird hybrid arc- yeah. stupid arcade yeah. game. Where you've got like stylized, but again, it's it, like it, NBA it, it's Street appe- or whatever. It's, it's it appeals to a different kid. It's not made for. How, on, how old are you? I'm here to tell you, Tim Davis. You ain't twelve. That Space Jam Legacy was absolute fucking swill. Okay, you're entitled <laughs> to the opinion. My kids love it. The first one has its place. Yeah, and it's great. a bit of fun. Yep. And you're like, yeah. How cool. old were you when that was released? Eight. There you go. I rest my case. Oh, mate, I wanted, I, why do you reckon I watched the remake? Or the, I wanted to like it. I wanted yeah. to be like, yeah, this would be fun. But it's not made for you. It's, not, it's not your Richard, movie. Richard Wilkins gave it, like he gives every film, four stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really, really want to make sure I keep getting those Warner Brothers screeners. <laughs> so, four stars. Four stars. <laughs> LeBron James, probably, I think, I don't want to go too soon, Oscar discussions. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I've got a bone to pick with you, Fab, about your man, Austin Butler. Can someone tell him that he rapped filming Elvis like 15 months ago? He wants to keep the accent. He wants to keep being Elvis. Stop. Stop, Austin. Just please. Yeah. When are the Oscars? They've come and gone. They've come and gone. They they happened. Yeah, Yeah, they've, they've come and gone. Absolutely. Oh, that's right. Short round. Short round one. Oh, it's another 90s banger, Tim. Oh, yeah. Fab can't. Fab can vaguely hear this. No, I can't. I'm just bopping along. Is this 
This give me isn't Corona, is it? No. Give me the, give me the, a bit of the lyrics. Show me love. That's Robin S. It is. Wow, wait, good get. Doesn't cut out here. Yeah, we know the name. Show, show me love. Show me love is an absolute. It's a good bass. It's, it's one of the great dance songs of the night. Yeah. That is a genuine banger. That's a banger. Oh, I can't hear what part of the song you're up to. Eh, it's over now. <laughs> Why do we play that, Tim? Because the blues back, Sean. The blues are back. So we went uh, this week. What did we go for? We went for Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins, and Show Me Love by Robin S. They by will, my reckoning, they'll be good on the Spotify. Uh, by my playlist. reckoning, I'm batting six for six on You've this, done well. this year's. You've done uh, very well. Blues are back '90s playlist, despite what Fab would say about Sabotage. In, Maybe one of the most embarrassing things he's ever uttered. Si Morales Memorial Bust a Nut Trophy Time. Where is my sting? Si. There it is. Fab sort of getting it. Oh, I can't hear it. I'm you can't hear it. Yeah. Who do you love? Indeed. I went with it on Twitter. It's Nick Newman. Yep, I had it as well. Nick Newman is the S.I. Morales Memorial Buster Nut Trophy. Blake Acres for me. Fucking hell. <laughs> he had a busted shoulder and was going in, and it was like he was intentionally using it to hit people. Bust himself a week. So, so I think um, that, uh, just ignoring what Fab's got to say, I think that with Nick Newman, I mean, this is a guy that we thought <clears throat> once the season came to a close last year, this guy might actually be on the fringes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he might have been getting phased out, um, and he's been exceptional. It always takes the wider football media a couple of weeks to get the picture when yep. someone has started the season as well as Nick Newman has. Um, I think this week he might be getting his flowers, as Fab would say. I hate that saying. From the media. Uh, so, Nick Newman, congratulations. You're the SI Morales winner for this week. Which pres- oh, have we gone consensus on yep. Nick Newman? Oh. Yeah, we've moved on. We've gone, the, the we've gone for the mailbox now. And You've got mail. I've just got to find our... Uh... Did I send you the uh, Postman Pat TikTok? No, pro- maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe I've seen What that. happened yeah. in it? <laughs> You've ignored it. It's all right. No, what happened in it? It was like a Jamaican Postman Pat theme song. Well, I didn't see that. One of my favourite tweet threads of all time, we've spoken about it on the pod before, is when the guy was critiquing Postman Pat's, like, work performance. <laughs> and he was like, this fucking imbecile. <laughs> he goes, he's, he's delivering crockery. He goes, and what do you know? It's broken. He goes, next he's delivering a beehive. He goes, do you reckon that the bees got out? He goes, of course they did. <laughs> he goes, he's got to deliver a parcel. He goes, he loads up the helicopter. He goes, why the Royal Mail Service has a helicopter? He goes, and why are they using it to deliver one parcel? It's very, very good. <laughs> what does he say? He, goes, he, he always, his phone rings and it's the delivery manager and he always answers, you know, Pat Clifton, uh, Royal Mail. And the guy, is, he goes, he's got the patience of a saint. Yes. He goes, his caller ID should just bring that up. Um, Jack MS leads off the mailbox tonight. Does Plowman play another game of AFL football for the Blues? Yes. Well, I think he will just because we will have injuries and all that sort of stuff. And, and he's... He's so versatile. He's serviceable. And he's versatile. And look, I could also see him being the sort of guy that could, on occasions, be the starting sub. Because he has that flexibility. Realistically, a guy like a Lockie Cowan, you know, yesterday was a pretty pretty physically taxing game. <laughs> you know, well, maybe he gets through next week. Yep. Yeah, you know, but there is, um, is that shorter break, you know, again, sort of Saturday to Friday. 
Um, what's Fab doing? General Saunders. General Saunders. But no, but this, I'm not saying they drop him for next week, but you can sort of go, he, he's going to need a spell. There will likely come a time. And look, like Ollie Hollands took a really hard bump from James yep. Peatling yesterday. Yeah. And, um, and, and how he would have recovered from that, you, you're not quite sure. So it wouldn't surprise if a few of these guys just get a little bit of a rotation. Yep. And that's when a plough comes in. Of course. Makes sense. Um, Chris Marantelli, how many goals? He was the one I was referring to earlier. How many goals would Charlie kick if he didn't have to outmark his opponent, yep. Harry, and Harry's opponent every time the ball was kicked in his direction? Yeah. Very good. Uh, Jay Hyatt has asked a question of uh, Dr. Timbo Davis. How were the GWS rooms after the game? They were very good. Sombre, I'd imagine. Well, it was good for me. but um, Is it true? You told me off pod. Did you end up sneaking into Carlton's rooms? No, it was funny because you, you have a wristband that gets you down into the rooms, but it, it was the same wristband for both both clubs. And so you didn't have to show – you didn't have to say who you were and why you were in there. So I, I could have gone into either room. And as I sort of said afterwards, I, I thought, why don't I just go in the Carlton rooms? But, I would have liked um, for how long it would have taken for someone to go, who the fuck's who, this guy? Who's this fraud? Because <laughs> who is get out? Um, well, given the recent discussions around Daisy Pierce. You are, technically. You would have been, oh, Tim, Tim Davis, given inside information to uh I've got something to say King about is... that uh, Daisy Pierce situation. Yeah, tell me. I'm sure you do. So, it's any club's prerogative. And I don't care what any club does. Carlton didn't have an issue with it. Yeah, it's fine. Richmond did. I think um, Brisbane might have. Maybe there was one, one other team. Brisbane, yeah. It's entirely their prerogative. Absolutely. She is on the payroll of another football I... club as a coach. It's entirely the club's Part prerogative. Time. Part time. But she's on the payroll as a coach. It is entirely that club's prerogative whether they want that person. She, they're not barring her because she's a woman. They're doing it because she's a paid assistant at another football club. Yeah, yeah. If they don't want her in the room, I think I think, it's I think really clubs that have the right to reserve entry to whoever they whoever. want. Whoever. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The only discretion would be if you're solely a member of the free press, then you can't be getting banned. But if you do have a connection, if you're a football manager or if you're a department head or you know, people you we're drawing comparisons with Luke Darcy being a board yeah. member, if that's just that's if they want to ban him, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and, and and I think what's been interesting over the journey with Daisy is she's a legitimate member of the media. I think she's really good. Whenever she says something and has a comment on the game, it's absolutely bang on. But there are a lot of people that still have this stigma of, but she's a woman, and that doesn't play into this story. Not at like all. the fact that she's not being allowed in is not because she's a woman; it's because she is a paid employee of op- of an opposition team. And the whole thing, people want to say, "Oh, it didn't happen," or "When has this happened before?" Tim Lane famously left Channel Nine because Eddie McGuire would be Eddie calling, McGuire. calling, Collingwood games. Colling- yeah, that's fascinating. He yeah, famously- Tim Lane. Tim Lane was a bit of a sook. No, but he famously said, it's a conflict of interest. I don't feel comfortable with it, whatever. So to talk like this hasn't happened, this has never been a story before, no. That's how Dennis got back in, didn't he? Yes. Yep. Interesting. Um, Glenn Lawrence, forward spacing between the bigs is just awful. Do you think it's just a chemistry and a lack of games played together thing or something more at play? Both both were re-signed to long-term deals, so they need to figure it out. What's Fab doing? Being um, an idiot. It looks bad so far this season. It's their their chemistry together and their patterns playing with one another are that of complete strangers. Yeah, yeah. And, and and at times yesterday it was when Tom DeConing was floating forward, 
that he was looking like he was going to be a better option than those two because De Koning could stretch the GWS defence. The two big guys from GWS seemed to be covering our guys and we weren't coming up with anything more creative. Um, and again, whether that was just a match-up thing with GWS or, or the way that we were structuring up, they definitely need to have a look at it. David Redbeer, why can't we create space for our forwards to lead into? Other teams seem to do it against us. Yeah, look, it's a combination of things. It's structure ahead of the ball. Uh, it's ball movement. Well, it's not having a structure ahead of the ball because yeah. we're all trying uh, to get ahead of theirs. And it's ball movement yeah. to advantage. Yeah. It's guys timing leads. We're too defensive-centric. Yeah, it's guys timing leads. It's guys doing dummy leads. It's guys blocking, creating space, yep. me running across so you can run out. We don't do any of it. Um, John, did Timbo send King as a commiseration text? No, you didn't have to. You were with him. Correct. You gave him a hug. You were in the car yep. with him on the drive back to wherever. His place? Yep. You stay with him? It's on a mattress in the lounge room, yes. Lovely. Um, Michael, uh, Cerevolo, what are we doing with Harry Mackay? was really optimistic he'd fire this week. Just feels like someone's always in his way. I think he's um, yeah, he's just a bit off colour and, and he'll get a hold of someone. Absolutely. And and, 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 and he's he's had bad weeks and a couple of bad weeks in a row on occasions before and he usually gets out of the funk pretty easily. Um, he, he, he needs a bag. He needs a bag. Uh, and just, and yeah. realistically, North's probably the right team to do it against mm-hmm. too. Um, G Wallow, nineteen eighty one. Zero goals for our midfield in three games. It might be he says in brackets here. He says it might be one. Not sure if Ed was technically in the guts when he kicked his goal. Should we be concerned about that? You should be very concerned if you're getting zero scoreboard impact from your midfield. Yep, that's that's not good at all. Um, did I? I saw one I liked. Oh, Leonard Puglia again. Would love to hear your thoughts on our kickouts. Uh, I asked last year and haven't seen any improvement in years. Yeah, look, we, we just seem to kind of go to a spot on the point of the square. Yep. Uh, usually to the right. Usually target at the moment either Acres or Cripps and when he's playing Matthew Kennedy. And if we've noticed it, every other team in the country has noticed it and that's why there's a huge pack out there. Yep. So we probably need to get a bit more creative about that. So that's the uh, mailbox for today. Um, thank you to everyone who contributed. We're going to go on now to the Johnny Rain Clouds. I'm almost certain that old mate Fabaganoush does not have a Johnny Rain Cloud. Do you have a Johnny um, Rain Cloud, Tim? No, I, I'd written down to write one down and I haven't come up with one, so. Let's see. Why are you trying to breastfeed that uh, bust of Tutankhamen? Oh, you noticed that, did you? Yeah, I was ignoring you. You were doing it for five minutes, and I thought it was childish and beneath you. <laughs> no, see, that's where you were totally wrong. He's definitely not beneath me. Yep, give me your Johnny Rancloud. I don't have one. You're an idiot. Well, Why? actually, my, my Johnny Rancloud would have been the condition of the ground. Your Johnny Rancloud's yeah, the condition. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty ordinary. Yeah. It was pretty ordinary. As we said earlier, like, people keep talking about the show. It's like the show hasn't happened. It shouldn't be the beautiful landscaping to the left of screen, though. Yeah, they've done a lot of work through there. It looked really nice. Yeah. Um, every time we flashed over there, I sort of wanted to get a Is better this look the, at the, it. The dirt mound. Yeah. Yeah. And a nice sort of like log feature in it. What's what's the what's the overall area like? Not As in good. Your like... <laughs> feet out there. There's not a lot happening out there. Isn't like Kudos Bank Arena and? What's well, a core stadium? Yep. Is the big yeah. one. That's the old. And then Olympic the showgrounds are next door. 
and um, and then there's a couple of warm up tracks for for yeah, the. Yeah, but Kudos Bank's out there, the uh, indoor like the basketball stadium. Well, there's the netball centres next door, so I think basketball must be there as well, and then the Giants training facility is across the road from the netball centre, so it's all and part it's not of the good. precinct. Hey, and it's no good. There's just not a lot yeah. out there. Well, yeah, and it's like the Fraser's have got like a corporate park next door and all that sort of stuff. So our our Sydney head office is a stone's throw from where we were, um, but it is. It's a it's a, it's an odd little precinct, and it's it still lacks a little bit of just lacks a bit it's, of it's a, uh, it, it's, it doesn't have a lot of character. There's not a lot Energy. of vibe to it. Yeah, it's yeah. only been there for twenty three years. <laughs> it might get there in the end. My Johnny Rain Cloud. Uh, is for Nabisco. Nabisco. So, Nabisco have seemingly discontinued uh, premium biscuits. Oh, wow. Eh? You know, those are like saladas, but yeah, like yeah. A, a thinner kind of wafer. Oh, the they're ones like that are called premium. Premiums, yeah. yeah. They're like got like a nice little dusting of salt on the they top. They do. They and do. And they're absolutely delightful. I thought they were superior to saladas, to be honest. There was just a, something about them. Saladas, I reckon, when they're fresh, have just a bit more of a crack to but it. I, but I see, I like that the, the wafery nature of the mm, premium I'm with you and you put a little uh, some cheese on it or you know you have to put some butter on there first but you put some cheese on it you might be maybe with some peanut butter on it absolutely Vegemite delightful. you can put Vegemite on it if you want phenomenal and seemingly now no longer on the market just digressing ever so slightly we went out for dinner on Friday night we went to a Turkish restaurant and we had the smoky eggplant dip what I would call a bubble ganoush oh and uh, Nadine had never had it before. She said, I'm not big on eggplant, but she had a crack at it and was a big winner. So shout out I mean, to a good Bubba Ganoush. I think, yeah, so just for the listeners here, this is just a glimpse into Timbo's mind. So Fab, Fab and I have never met Kingers. In the flesh, no. No, there you go. Not. no that's there what meeting go. someone is. We've never met Kingers. And you're talking like we know his wife, Nadine. Well, I'm introducing you. Well, Virtually. now we know that she really enjoyed uh, Baba Ganoush. Correct. That's exactly right. What more could you want? If anyone runs into Nadine Kingsley... Um, <laughs> a tub of Baba Ganoush from uh, yeah. Black Swan would, yeah. would go. <laughs> She'd really seemingly enjoy it. All right, that brings us to the end of the show. Is that a fact? Yeah. Very good. Have you got nothing more to add? Uh, yeah, no, I probably don't. Excellent. I mean, I probably got exposed to a few... And we, I actually spoke to Luke Sayers. Huh. And and mention the podcast. Oh, and did he look at us? With, did he look at you with disdain? No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. But uh, but no, no. Look, I obviously I, I had a terrific weekend, and you know, again, you know, when your mate's following a dream and all that sort of stuff, and you sort of lose him to Sydney, mm. um, and 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 you're not as involved in the day to day as much as you were to be able to head up there and sort you of see it firsthand. Done. You should have video. You should have done a vlog. <laughs> GoPro video vlog. Well, what what was great is he actually showed me a few of the. Um, he, he does like a theme a, a theme every single week, and he sort of showed me what he'd done in the previous previous weeks and what the lead into this weekend was, and just sort of yeah, just to look into how he's coming at it and all mm. of that. Which that stuff I absolutely love, and he um, and he's doing a terrific job. So to be able to see that firsthand, and uh, for me, just being a football supporter, it was um, it was fascinating. Sounds so, like it's left quite the impression on you. Yeah, no, I had fun. It was great. Excellent. Thanks for that, Timbo. Thanks for sharing your dungeon with us. Um, always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure for Faber Ganoush. You've drifted drifted badly in this episode. In what sense? Focus, contribution, attitude, appearance. 
I just wanted to involve a few things in the room. Look at that. Old King Tut out. And King. I've got kings everywhere. This is the king's chamber. It's Elvis Presley, King Tut, and Jordan. It's very good. Yeah. Okay. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing it. For you're going to give us a goodbye, Timbo Davis. You've given us a goodbye. I have. Yes. Hey, Sean. Just before we leave, did you hear that uh, Lego and Brickman have collaborated on a? I think it's like a seven hundred thousand piece piece uh, Lego set of the Jurassic Park uh, T Rex. Wow. Just, just the T Rex, or was it the? Um... When Just he, the T Rex breaks and out it of the Three hundred and forty day build. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it co- it comes to you on a pallet. Wow! I've only got a very limited Lego experience. I obviously, built the Lego Old Trafford, which I was very happy with. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, Lego. I don't. I don't know. It's it's a thing, all right. And it's a very popular thing, but I um, I don't get it. I'm I. Being an engineer, I've always been a Lego fan and we've got far too much in our house. We've got boxes galore and most of the time I'm buying it, I'm buying it because I want it. But uh, and, and usually the kids assemble it and all that sort of stuff and I live vicariously through them. But The only thing I would have liked to have built Lego-wise that I didn't, that I missed the boat on, and you can still get it, but I'm not, I'm not going to race out now, um, was they did the Burton Batmobile and then they did the Tumbler from Nolan. Yep. yep. And I sort of was like, oh, they're the same scale and stuff like that. I was like, I was tempted. Well, I've got the Adam West one upstairs that I've put together. I enjoyed doing that one. Like so. Lego? Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, if that was, again, if that was in the same that's a scale. That's a cool car. That's the black one with the red accents, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the um, yeah. the Lincoln Futura. Yeah, which was a prototype. Yeah. Mm. And they, they um, mm. William Dozier was the creator, producer of that Batman TV series. And yep. they, they effectively, they bought this Futura prototype um, and just painted it and slightly adapted it but it was in the end an inspired move it's a beautiful car yeah Um, you've said your thing haven't you I have yeah yeah, Father Ganoush love you all goldfish (laughs) I gave you the art of adventure before yeah okay and then you digressed all right so printer drugs dj are, printer drugs, dj this week it'll be playing momentarily um thank you very much for listening we'll catch you all next week oh i've pressed the wrong button again fuck <laughs> it's gonna be si but yes everybody have a good friday and have a happy easter yeah whatever what's happening here this is that clip oh this is the start of the clip here we go printer dj hashtag it for us let us know if you get it we'll catch you next yeah, week Very good. All right, gents. Yeah, cheers. Thank you.
yourself up.